Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ambrose Asylum. gentlemen welcome welcome back my friends to the show that never ends we're so glad you could attend come inside wait that's not my thing oh yeah welcome to stunner wrestling inc i of course am your host the icon stephen james joined as always well now always by the latest and greatest co-host of stunner wrestling inc Derek stark Derek, we gotta get you a nickname um uh the red red bearded irishman Nah, too long. Um, How about Mad Dog? <laughs> Eric Mad Dog Stark. Sounds, sounds pretty good to me, man. I like it. Yeah, well, you know, they refer to Irishmen as, you know, Mad Dogs and all that, so yeah, it kind of it kind of fits. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's uh, Mad Dog Vachon, so he was pretty cool. True, but uh, his, what was it, daughter, Luna? Yep. She was a whack job. Yeah, she was really really uh, really awesome to watch in the ring, so she was. She was another one that was a tremendous talent that just could not control her life outside of the ring. And that became well obviously much like uh so many and too many before her the <clears throat> cause of her death. But yeah. let's uh you know, nobody's died recently, uh, so far as I know. Uh, so I don't want to get bogged down by the death crap because we spent enough time with that last uh, last time talking about China and Randy Savage and all that stuff. 
which I didn't realize at the time that we were doing uh, the last show on the 20th of May. But uh, by the time we had started recording, it actually became the anniversary of Randy Savage's death. So it was interesting that we wound up talking quite a bit about Randy Savage, even though, I, I don't know about you, I didn't realize that it was the anniversary of his death. Yeah, it was uh, kind of crazy, actually. You know, when you get get the, get on the anniversary of of one of the guys that made me love wrestling was Randy Savage because of his in ring uh, technique. Him and him and his uh, you know mid size, and then Hulk Hogan, and which you know looked like a powerful man. You know, that can chop down wood with just one hand. You know, and then you had Rey Mysterio flew, flew around the ring. It was just you know all different styles. Yeah, it's one of the, you know, Randy Savage was always a favorite of mine because he was so much in the style uh, that grew to be what today's mainstay really is, is uh, what my uncle so lovingly refers to as the little big guys. Because mm-hmm. they're not little guys, they're not big guys, so they're little big guys. Mm-hmm. You know, guys like Randy Savage, guys like... Uh, CM Punk uh, back when he you know was worthy of anybody's respect. Uh, uh, guys like Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Ric Flair, who? Daniel Bryan. Oh uh, no, he was really the, he he was a little guy. <laughs> he had cruiserweight written all over him. But still, yeah. a tremendous respect for everything Bryan Danielson did. I mean, the guy was phenomenal. But you know, yeah. the sad thing about uh, you know Brian is uh, well, he ended up being exactly what Triple H. You know that that was the whole storyline was you know yeah you've got all the heart in the world you've got all the passion you've got all the desire you've got all the work ethic you've got all of that mm-hmm. you just don't have the body for it. That was you know the whole thing between him and Triple H there for for that storyline. And it ended up being true. Well, every yeah. every bit of it. Yeah, and he only had one style, and that was like right through you as fast as he could. If he changed his entering style, he'd probably be still be wrestling for at least another five years, I think, at tops. You know, you're probably right about that, but at the same time, if he changed that style, unfortunately, he would not. Have, you know, if he'd have stopped before the injury set in and, and changed the style up. Mm-hmm. Yes, he, he would still definitely be wrestling to this day. He would have never been WWE champion. Um, yeah. He, he just, uh, you know, any other style would have kept him as a mid-carder, which, I mean, there's no shame in being a good mid-carder for the WWE. Yeah, I mean, you can easily, like, uh, steal steal all the spotlight from everybody else in the main event and, you know, get praise and adoration. Well, I mean, exactly. I mean, there's several guys that were, you know, squarely mid-card um, that ended up in WrestleManias having better matches than the main eventers. I mean, in my mind, my favorite and to this day, in my opinion, the best WrestleMania match in the history of WrestleMania was WrestleMania three. And it was not Hogan and Andre. It was Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat. Uh, yeah, yeah. That 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 was that 
you know, I, it was definitely the greatest WrestleMania match of all time. And it, it would probably, if I put together a list of the top ten matches that I have ever seen, it, it would probably be, if not on the very, very top, it would be in the top half of that list. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal match. And when you look at the main event, you know, Hogan and Andre, mm-hmm. yeah, it was the passing of the torch moment and all that, and it was great. But it paled in comparison to Randy and Ricky. Yeah, and uh, from what I from what I read on the internet is that they actually went through every part of that match together at Randy Savage's home in Florida. Went through every single part. No, that doesn't surprise me. One of the things Hogan has uh, said in numerous interviews over the years is one of the things he liked best about Randy and hated most about Randy, and Ric Flair has echoed this sentiment as well, is that Randy was not one of those guys. uh, uh, I imagine most everybody that's a wrestling fan has seen the movie uh, The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke and how at the end of the movie, you know, Rourke looks at uh, Ernest the Cat Miller, who played his chief rival, and he says, so we're going to go over the match? you know, and talk about what we're going to do. And he says, yes, I'm going to be the heel, you're going to be the face, and we'll figure it out somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah. Randy was the exact opposite of that. Is he was, you know, it's one of the reasons he was such a great performer is because he wanted to know what was going to happen in that ring from the second he came out of the gorilla position to the second he went back through the gorilla position. Yeah, and, I mean, he had some amazing matches, even in his later career in WCW. I mean, I remember his matches against uh, Diamond Dallas Page where he actually took the diamond cutter and actually uh, propelled uh, Diamond Dallas Page into the main event spotlight. And to be honest, I mean, I think that was a really great thing that Randy Savage did was help the younger talents. I mean, he even had a match against Dennis Rodman at uh, Hog Wild, if I remember right. Did he have a match against Rodman? I thought Rodman only did tag team shit with Hogan, but I could be wrong. Well, let me take a look. Uh, let me take a look. Mad Dog Stark, the king of Wikipedia. <laughs> Where you can always find everything you need, Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, he actually did go up against uh, Dennis Rodman in a 11-minute, 30-second match where Randy Savage beat him. So. All right. And that was in uh, August 14, 1999 in Sturgis, South Dakota for the Sturgis uh, Motorcycle Rally. That was actually a very unique pay-per-view. I actually thought that, thought that was really cool. I think WWE could really do something like that. But then again, they do that for the troops, so it's kind of like, you know. True enough, but, it, you know, they they don't do tribute to the troops as a pay-per-view. It's always, uh, well, it used to be an NBC special. Now it's just, US, I believe it's just USA. I could be wrong there, too. Uh, but there's, you know, it, it's... It's really more of just a, you know, I don't know, just like a pat on the back. I mean, you know, you, you watch these matches at tribute to the troops and, you know, the the, the good guys always win, the heels always lose. Mm-hmm. Or if the heel does manage to win, the good guy always gets the upper hand in the end and clears the ring and stands tall even though he lost the match. You know, there's never any controversy. There's never any titles on the line. Or if it is, it's a total joke that it's even on the line. I, I mean, I love. Don't get me wrong. I love the fact that WWE has such commitment to our military, particularly in the fact that uh, we are just a couple of days removed from 
Memorial Day this year, which is one of my favorite holidays that I refuse to celebrate. You know, I don't sit there with everybody else, and I don't go to the beach. I don't have a barbecue. I don't, you know, I, I appreciate the day for exactly what it is, honoring the men and women in this country that have fallen in the line of duty to keep my happy ass free to do this show. Love that holiday. I also love the preceding Saturday, which is Armed Forces Day, and that's celebrating every man and woman that ever is or has ever served. Uh, actually, no, I take that back. That's uh, celebrating active duty. And then, of course, you have Veterans Day, which is celebrating all active and uh, all those and, that have and, served. Yep. But the ones that are still alive. Memorial Day is for the ones that, that are no longer with us. Veterans Day is those that have served, that are still with us, and Armed Forces Day is celebrating those that are currently serving. That day needs to be a bit bigger, and I think that one needs to be a national holiday as well. But Yep, and that one deserves to have everybody, you know, not go to work, but just, like, stay at home and be like, you know what, be thankful, you know, that, you know, we're not in a country ruled by a dictator. Well, I can't say that we're not in the country ruled by a dictator, but topics like that are best served for a different show that I host from time to time. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. But, yeah. uh, you know, actually while we're on that subject, and I don't want to get uh, too much of the horse in front of the cart because we still have to talk about Extreme Rules, which, uh, strangely enough, shockingly enough, was a very good pay-per-view. But uh, I do want to talk a little bit about the opening for this week's Raw, which was probably one of the more unique openings that WWE has ever done. Uh, I assume, of course, you watched, right? Uh, I tried, but uh, I I could not get around to actually watching the pay-per-view, but I did see some spots on on the uh, WWE.com. So. No, I, I was talking uh, actually about the opening of this week's Monday Night Raw. Oh no, uh, I, I I'm not able to watch Monday Night Raw. We don't uh, we don't have we only have an antenna, so I try to catch it on oh. uh, YouTube. So, so oh, dear God, uh, well um, I cut the cable cord years ago, but uh, I'm assuming, of course, because you're doing the show through Skype, you have internet access. So I'm gonna give you a website. Okay. Uh, but no, the, the way they opened up Monday Night Raw was actually, uh, it was a Memorial Day speech by President Reagan that they played, and part, it started off with President Reagan talking, and then throughout the speech, they turned Reagan's volume down and had various WWE superstars uh, picking up the speech where Reagan left off, and it was, it was really, really well done. Uh, for those of you that haven't watched this week's Raw, I'm willing to bet uh, you could probably find at least the Memorial Day portion uh, opening speech on YouTube, and I really suggest everybody check that out. It was really, really cool, really, really touching. And I say that not just as a wrestling fan and not just as a Republican um, and a big fan of, of President Reagan, but as an American, I just thought it was a really, really, really awesome way to open the show. I will definitely have to uh, have to take a look at it. I definitely will. Yeah, as a matter of fact, you know, I don't even have to send you the message in private as far as the website. Let me go ahead and pull it up on my computer because 
I have one too. <laughs> I'm just not as quick as um, Mad Dog Stark there on the Wikipedia thing. <laughs> the the, uh, the the website in uh, Raw or SmackDown and everything else, as well as, well as uh, essentially every single movie and every single TV show ever made and just about every episode of said TV shows, is pretty much there in its entirety, um, usually within a couple hours of it airing. And the website you guys are going to want to go to, and that's... Uh, well, I'll explain the legalities in a second, but it's www.primewire.ag. That's P-R-I-M-E-W-I-R-E dot A as in Alpha, G as in George. Derek, I'll send you uh, I'll send you an actual link so you don't have to actually commit that to memory. But uh, check it out. It's it's a hell of a site. You will get a few pop-ups. Uh, but the site itself, the legalities are great because you're not actually downloading anything, and the site is legal because it's not actually streaming anything. It just gives you the links to stream everything, and it's a great thing. It, it uh, gets all the latest movies, uh, everything from DVD quality copies to shitty cam copies. It uh, gets all the latest TV shows, like I said, generally within an hour or two of them airing. So that's always really cool. Or Derek, if you don't want to go that route, actually, uh, I can also send. I have no problem uh, sending you my Hulu login information, and you can you can watch the hour and a half version of Raw uh, on Tuesdays. Ah, uh, um, thanks. Man. You know, but I, I to be honest, much rather rather watch the full version because sometimes the stuff that they cut out is actually the better stuff than the stuff they actually have in. I agree. So, so there, I mean, there's that. I think. I Well, you know, I think when I, I actually think when I get my own place, I think I'm gonna have to get, uh, you know, USA Channel back and just like hit the record on like if it was Dish or Direct TV and actually watch the entire thing all the way through. So this way, it'd be a lot better for the show, I think. But we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, if you uh, if you're typically at work when it airs live, yep, then I, I wouldn't even worry ab- about getting the cable and hitting the DVR. I would really just use the website that I just gave you. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, I I have not uh, I have not paid a cable bill in shit uh, five or six years seven, eight years, something like that. And I have not missed it primarily because of that website and, of course, you know, things like Netflix and Hulu that I also use. And, of course, uh, you know, I'm a huge... And, by the way, this website will also get you uh, all the WWE pay-per-views, not live, but after the fact. If uh, if for some reason you're unable to uh, get the WWE Network, which, by the way, in case you're wondering, is only... um, um, how much is that again? Nine ninety nine, not right, nine ninety nine. Yeah, not not fifty ninety nine, not even fifty ninety nine, but only nine ninety nine. You know, uh, don't get me wrong. That's a that's a stroke of genius for the WWE creating the WWE network. But when you think about it, they should really actually charge a hell of a lot more because uh, most of the people. 
would be paying that uh, a hell of a lot more for the pay-per-views every month, or a lot of people would anyway. Mm-hmm. You got people like me. The only pay-per-views that I used to buy uh, back when I had cable, I you only used to buy the big four. You know, I bought the Rumble, I bought WrestleMania, I bought SummerSlam, I bought Survivor Series. Everything else, you know, I, I read about it on the internet, or I found a website before PrimeWire, and, and that's how I did it. Uh, then I cut the cable cord completely. Then I just watched exclusively online. Mm-hmm. And then I was living in Las Vegas, and one of the few cities left that has massive WWE viewing parties at big casinos, which is really cool. And I, and I got to say, if you're ever planning, anybody, uh, Derek, you or any of the listeners, if you're ever planning a trip to Las Vegas, plan it on a WWE pay-per-view weekend. Uh-huh. And literally, I, I, I can tell you, any of the Boyd Gaming properties, and that's going to be... Um, the Gold Coast, Samstown, uh, the California, and a handful of other places, uh, properties owned by Boyd Gaming, all have WWE uh, viewing parties. It's like It costs like five bucks to get in, and you have to be a Players Club member because it's a good, easy way to prove you're 21 or over it is to have your Players Club card. Mm-hmm. But it's it, it's like going to a it's actually the way they remember uh, way back in the day the way they used to do WrestleMania and other events like that you know the closed uh, closed circuit TV places mm-hmm. back in, back in the days before cable everybody would go down to the local baseball stadium or you know anything like that someplace where there were TVs all over the place. And they would pay a, a, a fraction of what it would cost to go to the actual live event. And they would watch it on TV in these places. To me, actually, going to those viewing parties was so much better than even going to live uh, events like Raw or SmackDown, which I've been to both. I've been to pay-per-views. I've been to WrestleMania, for God's sakes. Yeah, that I haven't been. I haven't been to WrestleMania yet. Uh, I've been to... Uh, the Elimination Chamber, which was in the in the cities, of course, and then the house shows, SmackDown, Raw. We even went to the uh, the Slammy Awards, which I thought was complete utter BS because every star that won was not not even there, and it was like, really, I am not going to sit through this ever again. Oh, so you were at the 2014 Slammy Awards then? Uh, twenty. 15, I believe. Oh, so I, uh, I knew it was a recent one. Yeah. Oh, but, and uh, oh, and uh, sorry to cut you off, uh, Stephen, but uh, we, we, we were talking about you were talking about Vegas. Well, Money in the Bank pay per view is going to be there June 19th at the Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm sorry. Where's it? I know it's going to be in Vegas. Where did you say it was going to be? The T-Mobile Arena. Oh, that's right. Vegas, since I've left the City of Lights, has actually built itself an actual arena. Up until this point, anytime WWE goes there, they go to one of three places. If it's a house show, they've always gone to the Orleans Arena, which is perfect for a house show. It's big, but not huge. Great for a house show. Uh, Raw and SmackDown go to the Thomas and Mac Arena, which is at the 
uh, UNLV campus, University of Nevada, Las Vegas campus. Uh, and pay-per-views were always typically done at the MGM Grand, with the exception of the one Las Vegas WrestleMania, which was done at Caesars Palace. Uh, but they finally got themselves an actual arena in Las Vegas, and now they're trying to get a real sports team there, and that's going to be a clusterfuck. But I don't want to get in. I, I actually worked in the sports book, so I know uh, why Las Vegas doesn't have a sports team, and it does have a lot to do with gambling. But I'm not going to get into the intricacies of why professional sports teams don't play there. It's just it's a long, drawn-out thing. But, yeah, I've been in Vegas alone. I've been to house shows. I've been to Raw's. I've been to SmackDown's. Uh, since moving out here to the Memphis area, I have been to uh, – I was at the original, the inaugural Fastlane pay-per-view. And the previous year, I drove to New Orleans for WrestleMania 30 to watch Daniel Bryant win the WWE Championship and to watch – <clears throat> the Undertaker lose his first ever WrestleMania match. That was a very big disappointment in my mind. And I got to tell you, going to the viewing parties in Las Vegas is every bit as good as going to the actual live events, if not better, because every seat in the house is a great seat because you're watching on these massive, huge screens. And you still get to hear the announcers in addition to watching the action. So you get a – no matter where you're sitting, you get a good view because it's always the same view you get on the pay-per-view. But in addition to that, you're also there with anywhere from 500 to 2,000 other wrestling fans that are out there and doing the same thing. You know, the, the crowd chants are the same. The the cheers, the boos are all there. And yet it's a hell of a lot cheaper, sometimes free. There's great food. There's great drinks. There's, you know, they have everything from soft drinks to full bars. It, it's just really an awesome experience. And I think anybody that visits Vegas, if you're a wrestling fan, do it on a pay-per-view weekend. I'm telling you, it is worth every cent of that five bucks. <laughs> five bucks and, to watch it on a on a big screen, I think that's definitely worth it to me, I think. Yeah, I mean, and when I say big screen, I don't mean like the, you know, the 60-inch the you might have in your living room, you know, if you got a good tax refund this year. I mean movie theater-sized screen. And that's, it, and that's not and that's not the only screen in the place. I mean, you go to you know go to stand in line at the bar to get a drink, or to go stand in line at the snack bar to get a fucking hot dog or some nachos. There are t there are other smaller, and yet still pretty big size screens, all over the place in there. Oh, that is awesome. Right, and you know you're still surrounded by fellow wrestling fans, so you know. Uh, when they introduce John Cena, you're in the midst of that crowd, that, you know, thousand other people you're around, and in a much smaller, intimate setting, you're still hearing this loud roar of, let's go, Cena, Cena sucks. It's a yep. beautiful thing. It's great. <laughs> Makes you think I, like you're actually there watching it live. You are. Yeah. Uh, except it's better because you can hear the announcers. 
and that's a big part of, of why we all enjoy wrestling is because the announcing, well, yeah. except for Byron Saxon, is great. Yeah, true, true. So, no, I just, I just want to throw that out there. I think everybody should uh, should experience a Las Vegas viewing party. And if you can't do it in Vegas, um, at least before WWE Network, uh, during my tenure working for uh, one of the major satellite companies in this country, I do know that several large businesses, um, places like Buffalo Wild Wings, um other major places like that also do uh, not only UFC but WWE viewing parties, at least they used to, call and check with them. Uh, not on as grand a scale as they do in Vegas, but still the same thing. You know, big-ass group of wrestling fans cheering the same. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the name of the satellite company, but uh, they tell you not to just watch TV. They tell you to direct TV. Oh, wait, I can't say that. So you can do it locally. You don't have to go all the way to Vegas. Uh, you know, call around to your local sports bars and things like that. Uh, you can get it there too. Nice. I do resent your Byron Saxton comment. All right. Oh, are you a Byron Saxton supporter? You were. I bet you were also a Michael Cole supporter in nineteen, you know, ninety-nine. No, 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 no. I'm definitely a a bigger Jim Ross fan. Well. Maybe even a bigger Vince McMahon commentary, Mark. Hey, I love Vince McMahon uh, on commentary. The only time I didn't like Vince McMahon on commentary was Vince McMahon's last time on commentary. Uh, What was that, seven, eight years ago when uh, the guest host for the night was Jesse Ventura, and his stipulation for the main event was that him and Vince McMahon had to call the match. That was the only time I didn't like it because they both couldn't do it anymore, but... Uh, Vince and Jesse were one of my favorite announced teams. Oh, yeah. They were almost as good as Vince and Gorilla Monsoon. Vince and Gorilla were, were, were great. I mean, just Vince overall, just knowing how he wanted, uh, you know. Will you be serious? (laughs) (laughs) I always love, I always love when Gorilla Monsoon would say that to Jesse Ventura. But let's uh, let's transition here a little bit and talk about um, well, let's talk about extreme rules because well, uh, you know, to be honest, um, I was not expecting with the card. I was not expecting to see a decent pay per view. I really was not. There was not a lot of matches I was terribly excited about. Uh, and I got to say, uh, what I thought was going to be match of the night did end up being match of the night. But I was also pleasantly surprised by the other matches. Um, and I'll tell you uh, what my pick of match of the night was here in just a second. But you know, one thing I didn't know just because I have not been watching SmackDown um, well at all, and we got some SmackDown news coming up uh, as well. But. I did not know that Jerry Lawler has gone back to being a heel announcer. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he started that, I think, about a couple months ago, if I remember right. It shows you what I get for not watching SmackDown. And I, and, and I adore that because that was always my favorite part about Jerry Lawler was he's such a great heel announcer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think that after the heart attack and everything else and being a fan favorite for so long, 
that they could really transition him back into doing that. But watching him on the pre-show, I was like, wow, he keeps picking all these heels to win the match. And then I heard him throughout the pay-per-view um, when they would cut to the to the you know Renee Young crew with Booker, Team Corey Graves, and he's just trashing all the all the faces. I'm like, holy shit, Jerry's not healed! Yay! <laughs> I may have to start watching SmackDown again. <laughs> but uh, I was pleasantly surprised by the whole pay-per-view. I mean, Extreme Rules is always one of my favorite pay-per-views anyway. Just because of the various match types, I, I typically enjoy. Uh, but at the same time, I wasn't expecting much out of this one. Looking at the card, first matchup we got uh, Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler, and Ziggler just can't win with WWE. I mean, he really can't. Um, Obviously, they respect him. They put him as the star of one of their shittier movies, um, so they have some faith in the guy. Mm -hmm. But he is like WWE's second favorite loser right behind Zack Ryder. Yeah, it just... I'm not too sure, like, what the hell is going on with this because, I mean, it's like Ziggler has been world champion, and he's been... Good at it, you know, until he got that until he got that concussion. But I mean, it's just it's it's like he steals the show, but yet they won't give him any more praise for it. Like you know, well, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he is so injury prone. Uh, well, yeah, they 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 keep him as this big fan favorite, and he really is. Uh, you know, the fans love the guy to death, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they're they're not going to put him as the sure so I'm not going to make him a WWE champion and they they won't put him as a US or IC champion at least for very long mm-hmm. because they're too afraid and he is very concussion prone I mean what has he had three or four concussions now that they've put him on the shelf for somewhere around there yeah right I mean you know at a very young age he's essentially an old timer there to put the young guy is over, and he does a great job of it. He's a fantastic in-ring performer, him and his bowl of spaghetti-looking hair. <laughs> and, you know, let's face it, it's been well over a year since Ziggler's had a serious injury that's kept him out for more than a week. I, I think maybe it's time, you know, he's paid his dues. I think it's time to, you know, get him, maybe not give him one of the main titles, but let's Give him a fake run at chasing mm-hmm. the WWE title. I mean, otherwise, he's going to quickly become the next R-Truth, except he's not as entertaining on the mic. <laughs> Ziggler does his entertaining in the ring, not on the mic. Nobody's ever going to mistake him for a great mic personality. Oh, yeah. I mean, R-Truth is pretty damn, pretty damn good on the mic. And, well, I mean, and Ziggler's not bad, but Ziggler's entire initial character, uh, for those of you who don't know, go back and look at the Million Dollar Tough Enough winner, a uh, good friend of the show here, and wow, I just totally blanked on a name. Sorry, I worked a 12-hour shift today. Um, holy crap, he's going to freaking kill me. Um, <laughs> 
I keep wanting to say Daniel Bryan, and it's not. Uh, Daniel, Pew- Daniel Pewter, yeah. that's why Pewter. I kept thinking Daniel Bryan. Daniel Pewter, who has been, gr- who's graciously appeared on this show and is an awesome, awesome guy. Um, I am so sorry for blanking on the name there. God, it's been a long day. Sorry. But um, if you go back and look at Daniel Pewter's character, uh, after he won the Million Dollar Tough Enough and when they were trying to introduce him onto the main roster, there's nothing new about Dolph Ziggler's character when they introduced him a few years ago. They just redid Daniel Pewter's character except that this time it took off a little bit better, and it's evolved since, of course. But it's uh, it's crazy to think that Daniel Pewter could be where Dolph Ziggler is right now. But yeah. I do think Ziggler deserves to have, uh, you know, some... Most of his time in the big spotlight has been as a heel, uh, namely during his time with Vicky Guerrero. And it's because, his, you know... He's not great on the mic. And somebody really should, uh, they should have somebody that's good on the mic work with them. Uh, personally, I, I think they should have uh, somebody that works backstage, like Road Dog, work with them. Because Road Dog was always great on the mic. Somebody can teach Dolph Ziggler to be good on the mic. I I agree. I mean,. I mean, look at I mean, look at Ryback. I mean, he he did that personal promo, and he had the whole he had damn near the whole crowd behind him when he was talking about what he what his character was before, you know, all that all that stuff. Yeah, and that was a big leap for Ryback. But I think the biggest jump for Ryback was I think one of the last times we even heard the Goldberg chant was. You know, he stopped the fans in the middle of that chant. He said, "Yeah, the big guy's a fan too," and that just stopped the Goldberg chant. They're like, "Oh, well, it's no fun anymore." <laughs> <laughs> but it was a hell of a thing. But getting back to, to Elimination Chamber, uh, the match Dolph Ziggler had against Baron Corbin, who, by the way, is a fantastic, fantastic talent, one of the best people that they have brought up from NXT, in my opinion. Don't dig the look. Don't even dig the character too much. I think they could do so much better and so much more with Baron Corbin. But there's no denying this guy's amazing, massive in-ring skill. This guy is one of the best there is. And one of the cool things is even WWE is acknowledging that we are in the midst of hitting a brand new era. Yep. Yeah, we went, we went from the Attitude Era to what was after the Attitude Era? The freaking John Cena era. Uh, let me no, take off the ruthless aggression. Era. Ruthless aggression, right? And then we had uh, the PG era. Yep. Which lasted entirely too long. And then we finally started transitioning out of the PG era to. Um, what would you even call that during the whole uh, everything from the return of The Rock to the rise of Daniel Bryan and just before the NXT guys took over? I don't even know what we call that portion. Uh, the, the, the last, the last, uh, I'd say, I don't know, 
five, six years. The PG era? Well, no, it was after the PG. When, oh. when Rock came back, the PG era slowly started. I mean, it's still considered TV PG, but they're pushing the envelope a lot more. I guess well, we could call it the Triple H and Stephanie era. Yep. And not so much just because they were on TV a lot more, but because they had a lot more input backstage and within with character development and all that. And that's where that's where you got the rise. Uh, you know, that's where CM Punk got really, really, really big, and Daniel Bryan got really, really big, and John Cena. You know, that's um, yeah, he had a hell of a lot more title reigns in that time, but at the same time they started acknowledging the fact that the fans are booing the shit out of him. Yep. Um, uh, I guess you can call it. Uh, the best I can come up with there is the Triple H and Stephanie era, the authority. But now, you know, we're in this, you know, this the era of NXT. Yep. And... And, and it's... It's fantastic. I mean, we're we're being, you know, introduced to uh, people that WWE at some point swore they would never hire. You know, yep. they they you, WWE always said, you know, hey, we love Samoa Joe. We we think he's fantastic. He's got all these amazing in ring skills, and he's just simply fucking awesome. Great. Why don't you hire him? Yeah, he's too fat. What? Yeah, he's you know kind of a chubby guy, huh? Yeah, you know, he doesn't really fit our current our, our profile of what we think a WWE superstar should be. No, taking nothing away from him, that's just not what we want. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, well, what about um, what about Kevin Owens or uh, and I forget who he called himself before. They went, well, same thing with Samoa Joe. I mean, he's got all this talent. He's really, really great in the ring. He's captivating. The fans love him. Well, perfect. Why don't you hire him? Well, he's too fat. Kevin um, Steen. Kevin Steen, thank you. I should really know this shit. I've been following these guys' careers for years. They're like, oh, okay, well, fine, okay, no, no fat guys. I get it. I totally understand that. That's fine. We we can move with the fat guys. Well, um, how, how how about this this guy out of Dragon Gate and Ring of Honor and, and all these other indie promotions and New Japan and all this? Well, what guy are you talking about? Oh, this awesome dude, El Generico. Who? El Generico. You mean the white dude that dresses like a luchador? Yeah, him. He um well he he's too small. What? Now, and they're, they're, they're finally realizing, okay, let's get some old Joe. Let's get Sami Zayn. Okay, hey, what about AJ Styles? Well, he was kind of the face of TNA for, well, quite a while. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he was like the only thing good in TNA during that whole time. Yeah. No, yeah, he, no he's really, really great. Why don't you hire AJ Styles? Well, he's, um, he's too old. Are you fucking stupid? Do you have any guys on your roster that are 10 years older than him? Well, yeah, but they've been established WWE stars for many, many years. But still, today's just, oh, no, he's just, he's perfect. If he was five years younger, we'd take him right now. But he was five years younger. Yeah, but he worked for TNA then. 
they, they finally started getting away from all these stupid misconceptions about who can be a great performer in WWE. And a lot of that, as a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure almost all of it has to do with Triple H. Because Triple H is a fan of wrestling. Triple H is a wrestler. Probably one of the things that him and CM Punk have in common when Punk came out there and said, I'm not a sports entertainer, I'm a wrestler. And I think that's one of the few things Triple H actually agreed with CM Punk on. And Triple H finally was in a position in the family to go, Vince, open your goddamn eyes. Look at all this shit all these people are saying on the internet about these guys. And then finally slowly started going, okay, fine. But I don't care how big a star they are anywhere else, they go right to NXT. Triple H said, fine. No problem. Put me in charge of NXT. Vince went, <laughs> you want that shit home? Go ahead. Well, look what Triple H did with it. <laughs> yep. He actually made it into this big touring, uh, now touring conglomerate, and he brought in Samoa Joe, uh, Bobby Roode, uh, James Storm, Austin Aries, uh, and new talents like Bailey, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Dana Brooks. What's, what's weird is the way he brought in guys like Bobby Roode and James Storm, who, by the way, are both back working for TNA. Uh, Bobby Roode is actually uh, is still, he still in NXT? He's still talking to WWE, but James Storm is back in TNA. Right. Well, I mean, James Storm's never had an actual contract, though. Yet they, yet WWE under NXT actually still put him on TV, which is, you know, that's something, uh, with the exception of Ric Flair in the second Hall of Fame, is essentially unheard of. You know, WWE does not put people on TV that are not under contract. Mm-hmm. But because it's NXT, Triple H got a little bit of a leeway and said, okay, fine, you can sign these guys, uh, you know, to, you know, short-term or per-appearance contracts and see what you get. And if the crowd reacts well, we'll talk about it. I don't know why uh, James Storm didn't get signed, aside from the fact that he's, again, probably 15 years older than your average, uh, you know, WWE NXT uh, personality. Well, but the- yeah, I mean, he he still could do really good things in the ring, so... And I think the only argument that Vince has is, yeah, he he's doing great things, but how much longer can he do them? Yeah. And I think the reason AJ Styles and Samoa Joe are the exception to that rule is because somebody said, okay, you look at their style, regardless of size, and look at Chris Jericho. And Vince went, um, well, fuck, all right. Uh, they have very similar um, in-ring styles, believe it or not, uh, to Chris Jericho, which is one of the great things that made the Jericho-Styles feud so interesting is because they're so similar in their in the way they work in the ring. Yep. And same with Samoa Joe for being a big fat ass. <laughs> well, yeah, and 
you know, I, I remember. And, well, what, and the same and the same for Kevin Steen, Kevin Owens. You know, Kevin Owens is a big fat ass motherfucker, and yeah. his fat is all belly. Yeah, the rest of him, the rest of him is totally normal. He's just got this big, huge belly, and I could have honestly seen Vince McMahon going, "Dude, get some liposuction. You're hired." But he held out, and finally they went, "All right, you're hired anyway." And he's like, "Check this shit out." And they went, "Wow, even with that big ass belly, look at the way that crazy motherfucker moves." I know, and he still does. These moves running around almost like a like a cruiserweight mostly, mostly even though he's like a bigger mid range guy and it's just like nice. He's like a little mini version of Vader. For you know Pac Man. Yeah, true. You can kind of see him bounce around the ring going wah 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 wah. But anyway, um, got way off topic there. Going back, um, that all started with uh, talking about the match between Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler. Fantastic match. Really, really great. Uh, Baron Corbin did end up picking up the victory there, just in case uh, those of you out there haven't seen it. Uh, Decent pre-show match. Next up, uh, the first official match of the night was the Tornado Tag Team Rule which essentially just means everybody's in the ring. There's no tagging, so I don't even know why they call it a tag team match. It should just be a tornado, Texas Tornado team match, but whatever. Uh, the Usos versus Gallows and Anderson, uh, in my mind, um, not the match of the night, but damn close to it. These guys put on a fantastic show. I mean, everybody knows what the Usos are going to do. The Usos very rarely fail to impress. These guys are really, really good at what they do. And they should be. Look at the... They have a very long-standing family tradition of being professional wrestlers. They should be held to a higher standard. And... I can't say that I know a ton about Carl Anderson, but I been following Luke Gallows ever since he was Festus. Mm-hmm. And I know what Luke Gallows can do, and the guy can be phenomenal when you give him the chance. Which is something WWE failed to do too many times in the past, but it looks like they finally got over that shit, and he's getting out there and kicking ass and taking names. Which is what, you know, he's they're letting him loose, and it's like, you know what? Go do your thing. Impress us. And by God, he is. Yeah, I mean, he's fucking awesome at everything he's doing. And they just basically, yeah, the Usos had their moments here and there, but boom. It was just, it, it was, that whole match was almost essentially all fucking Gallows and Anderson. It was, it was fantastic. The club looked great. wasn't completely one-sided, though. I mean, the Usos had their moments. Um, the next match was almost all one-sided, though. Uh, the U.S. title match, Rusev versus Callisto, and Callisto tried his poor little wet back hard out. Oh, sorry, we're not allowed to say that. That's insensitive. Sorry, if you need to go to your safe spaces, I understand. Uh, keep in mind that the transgender bathroom is not near the safe spaces. Oh. Just throwing that out there. 
Anyway, the little Mexican guy or Puerto Rican guy, I don't even know what Caluso is. He may be from Ecuador or El Salvador or whatever. doesn't matter. And I'm not knocking Callisto. The guy is actually damn entertaining. Um, I, and I, I think uh, I, I think he'd be a fantastic uh, cruiserweight title holder or even half of an IC or um, tag team champion team. But I don't want to see Callisto as a U.S. champ or an IC champ. He's just too tiny for that. Well, I mean, Rey Mysterio was an Intercontinental champion. He is smaller than Mysterio. At least Mysterio had the decency to put on some muscle before they started trying to make him the so-called heavyweight champ. Yes. Yeah. Callisto is Rey Mysterio's size back when Rey was in his early WCW days. He's a little teeny tiny little guy. (laughs) And nothing against the guy. He's He's tiny. I could literally, I could probably put him on a cracker with some cheese, and and, and he wouldn't. He's he's small. That's what I'm getting at here. But he's a fantastic performer, and Gusto reminds me why I liked the cruiserweight division of WCW so much. I thoroughly enjoyed watching Rey Mysterio, watching Dean Malingo, watching Eddie Guerrero, watching Psychosis, watching Juventud Guerrero and Billy Kidman. I loved watching the Cruiserweight division in WCW because it was one of the few things WCW did right. Exactly. Uh, Until they decided to put Rey Mysterio versus Kevin Nash, the ultimate little guy versus the ultimate big guy. And I'm like, this is stupid. And here's what we were getting into here. Rusev versus Callisto reminded me too much of Rey Mysterio Jr., as he was called back in WCW, versus Kevin Nash. And then Rey Mysterio got his mask stripped off and all that stuff. And we're all supposed to forget that we all know what Rey Mysterio looks like. But that's a whole other issue. Cruiserweights have their place. And when I say cruiserweight, I don't mean just because you're not a heavyweight, you're a cruiserweight. Golisto is a serious fucking cruiserweight. He's a tiny little luchador. Mm-hmm. He's the jury with a mask and better acrobatics. <laughs> He's a Mexican Funaki. He is a cruiserweight, no matter how you slice it. He's a damn entertaining cruiserweight, and I enjoy his matches thoroughly much as I enjoy the uh, so-called Sin Cara, um, Hunico, because the real one got fired. But uh, these guys are damn entertaining to watch, and I think WWE should bring back a Cruiserweight title. (laughs) Don't make this guy a U.S. champion. Because what are you going to get in the end? First off, you're going to get the biggest, just like we got Sunday, uh, a couple Sundays ago with Rusev just tossing him around the ring like a little rag doll and eventually just stomping in, him into submission. Or then you get what, uh, just like you got with Rey Mysterio and Kevin Nash, you get this big David versus Goliath thing, and suddenly Mysterio manages to triumph over the big seven-foot guy that could stomp him like a little fucking cockroach. 
And yet Mysterio wins, and the fans go, no, no, we're not buying this bullshit. And, you know, this match went the only way it should have went. Bruza beat the living hell out of Callisto through three quarters of the match. And what? So, here's what it is. Uh, again, taking nothing, nothing, nothing away against Callisto. Next up, we got the tag team title match, which, um, that didn't, uh, that didn't work out so well. Um, wait, did I miss something? I thought there was another tag team match in there. Somebody got hurt. Maybe it was a little bit later in the show. No, just not. All right. So we get the tag team title match. New Day versus the Vaudevillians. Um, I don't know if it's possible for me. They literally put the people in WWE that I hate the most in one place at one time in one match. I I love Kobe Kingston um, to an extent. I like the fact that uh, that after um, John Hennigan, aka John Morrison, aka Johnny Nitro, when he left, they 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 let Kofi do a lot of cool shit at the Royal Rumble. But essentially, Kofi's been buried, and and the reason I don't like Kofi is because he's allowed himself to be buried. Because he's got so much more to offer. And, I mean, they've literally just made him one-third of the biggest fucking bullshit joke of a tag team ever. And yet make them champions. Xavier um, well, Woods... Oh, all, all I'm going to say is when I was in the cities, that's the only time I've ever seen so many light-up unicorn freaking things strapped to people's heads. And I'm like... What in the fuck is this fad? Well, they need the unicorn horns to have some place to toss their bootios. <laughs> it's the only thing I can come up with. Bootios. The thing that kills me about New Day, though, is I respect all three of these guys individually. Big E, first off, I hate calling him Big E. Just yeah. Big E. I, I still remember him as Big E Langston in NXT. The guy that won the NXT championship and said a three count won't do. I need five. Loved him at NXT. Could be a great high-end mid-carter, which they're pushing him as a high-end mid-carter. I just don't think he's a great high-end mid-carter. I get it. Xavier Woods, who 90% of the time doesn't wrestle anyway, could have easily been transitioned into a phenomenal, phenomenal manager. He's obviously, he's got some tremendous mic skills. He's got a great command of the English language. For God's sakes, he's literally a licensed teacher. The man can teach people to learn stuff. Xavier Woods is a phenomenal talent mentally. Not so much physically. I mean, he's in good shape physically, and he's okay in the ring. Nothing against him there. 
but done right. Xavier Woods, uh, I want to say he could be the next Bobby Heenan, but he could be the next Jimmy Hart. Uh, just my opinion there. I, I, putting them together is getting a lot of fan response, but I don't know, it's, it's annoying fan response to me. And you've got the Vaudevillians. Um, These guys I don't like. I really do not like them. I, 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 I think they're being totally misutilized, and I think they need to be severely... Most people, when they get brought up out of NXT or at least before NXT got big, got repackaged. Uh, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns were all individual wrestlers that got repackaged and became the Shield when they got brought up. Um, Damn, I'm trying to think of... um, uh, another one of those mind blanks. Um, Bray Wyatt is a fantastic example. He started out in the old NXT, not for the championship, but the stupid so-called wannabe reality show NXT. The wannabe tough enough NXT is Husky Harris and part of uh, it, um, the Nexus. Yep. Get sit, get got sent back down to Florida Championship Wrestling that inevitably evolved into NXT and became Bray Wyatt. Did, they did not repackage him. However, they did change it up a bit and added Harper and Rowan and, and, and just became a phenomenon. But most people, if their character is goofy or stupid in NXT, but they, but they still become popular... They get repackaged and then brought up to the main roster. But now, because NXT is so popular, we get Sami Zayn just as Sami Zayn was in NXT. Nothing wrong with that. Sami Zayn was great in NXT, no matter how you slice it. But then we also get Tyler Breeze, who's great in the ring. But that fucking stupid character of his just... It irritates me, but not in the I want somebody to beat him up, but in the I want to personally beat him up because that character is just annoying. Well, I mean, it's just like he is very good in the ring. I mean, I've seen him him perform many times, and he is phenomenal in the ring. He really is, but his gimmick is just holding him back. Oh, I'm going to hit you with my selfie stick. It's like... (sighs) Who the fuck has a damn selfie stick? Um, technically, I own one. I've never used it. I received it as a gift, which I thought was really silly because, well, you're on my uh, social media pages. How many selfies do you see me posting? But Oh, yeah. I don't need a Yeah, selfie. but I mean, the, the gimmick, I understand what you're saying. The gimmick is fucking retarded. And I understand, you know, WWE thinks, well, if we give him this gimmick, people are going to hate him. No, we don't hate him. We don't hate his in-ring ability. We hate your stupid writer's gimmick that you won't give up on and let this guy grow as an in-ring performer. Exactly. 
that's my problem with, with with Tyler Breeze. So, and the same thing, the exact same thing goes with the Vaudevillians, which is kind of the point that I was getting at. These guys are tremendous, tremendous in-ring performers. Yes. I mean, Aiden English in particular is just that the guy could easily be a high-end mid-carder if they repackage him right. And Simon Gotch is the same way. I mean, he could he could be a high-end mid-carder. I mean, he could uh, you know be. Look how many years you had uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart trading the IC title back and forth and shit like that. These guys could be in that realm. But instead, they have this stupid vaudeville gimmick, which I, you know, when I was watching on NXT, I was like, oh, isn't that cute? They're doing a little vaudeville gimmick. Oh, look, he's got a little mustache that curls up at the end. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, you know, this is NXT. This is... This is where you work on shit. Your gimmick's not set, set in stone or anything like that, but now because NXT has gotten so popular, well, your gimmick kind of is set in stone. So you better get the shit right to start with because the Vaudevillians individually and as a tag team are fantastic wrestlers, but they've got a retarded gimmick. I love the match that they... That- the Vaude Villains had against uh, against uh, Blake and Murphy. I thought that was a great match that they had against them in NXT. It's just, the gimmick is fucking dumb. I don't understand it. No, I mean, and not every time they, they switch, the, the WWE switches up a gimmick from NXT to, to the main roster works. Prime example, NXT, look at the Ascension. One of the <laughs> yep. biggest badass, most dominant, probably the best tag team I have seen in 10 years as far as just guys I've never heard of. I would actually, I I would have said the Ascension was the best tag team since uh, Paul London and Brian Kendrick. As far as the way they worked in the ring cohesively as a unit, in-ring style, they, they they could have put tag team wrestling, which is personally, I was always such a huge fan and always will be a huge fan of the tag team division. But I still believe the tag team division got lost when they just started sticking random people together. These guys in NXT were exactly what the tag team division in WWE needed. Not a lot of style and flair involved, but a lot of brute force. But they worked together cohesively that it made it look really cool. So the way they worked together in NXT were incredibly brutal, which in the same way the Wyatt family was just not a lot of flashy moves, just a lot of quick beat the fuck out of you as a team, but made it look cool in the process. Yep. And when I when, when they got called up to the main roster, I was like, yes. Yes, because we, I mean, we've already seen what they did with the Wyatt family, which was huge. And they didn't change a goddamn thing about the Wyatt family. They left them the way they were in NXT because that was a gimmick that worked perfect in NXT. Instead, they tried to make the Ascension a new version 
they like tried to, you know, throw throw fucking axe smash in the Road Warriors, Legion of Doom in a blender and like but let's make it, let's sprinkle in a little bit young on top of that. I blend it up, pour it in the glass and shoot it out of the gorilla position. And what do you get? Bullshit. You got shit. But if you'd have left them as the ascension as they were in NXT, you'd have had a hit. Instead, uh, next year at this time, we're going to be rele- reading that the uh, the Ascension has been given their release, yeah. or they're going to split them up and repackage both of them as singles competitors. Which is a shame, because they, they were better than any other tag team out there, period. So... That's the Vaudevillians. And great performers. Hideously stupid gimmick. Prime example of somebody needs to really be paying more attention when you want to bring up the Vaudevillians to the main uh, stage. You don't change their gimmick and it's retarded. You bring the Ascension up to the main stage and you change their gimmick and it's retarded. Learn when to change. Is what it is. All right. Anyway, um, we get the uh, fatal four-way for the IC title: uh, Kevin Owens, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, and The Miz. To be honest, um, I expected a little bit more out of this match based on the competitors. Not that there was anything wrong with the match. I just I kind of expected more. I thought with these four people in the ring, these are four performers in my mind that can truly operate on a main event level and all have operated on a main event level. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, Miz, in various promotions all over the world, whether it be... Ring of Honor, whether it be Dragon Gate, whether it be New Japan, whether it be Florida Championship Wrestling, whatever. These guys have all been champions. The top champions in their game. All phenomenal performers. And they did not disappoint in this match at all. It was a good match. It should have been a great match. But I, again, I digress. I'm not disappointed. It, it, I have no complaints other than it should have been better. It could have been better. Good match. Could have been a great match. Could have stole the show for the night. But it was good. And they did get some this is awesome chance from the crowd, uh, particularly um, when uh, Cesaro blocked uh, the hell of a kick with a massive uppercut. I mean, it it was truly solid match. No complaints. In the end, of course, The Miz retained his IC title. That, obviously, is not going to last for long because they're about to start filming the new Marine movie, and, uh, well, you can't hold a title and film a movie at the same time. We all know that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still waiting on... I'm still waiting on Cesaro to, you know, get his... Main event push, finally. You know, I 
I don't know. Um, I think Cesaro's best chance for a main event push uh, was terminated by WWE earlier this year, and that was Zeb Coulter. Yeah. Because Uncle Zeb was perfect with Cesaro. I didn't necessarily need Cesaro and Swagger, uh, and, and I love Jack Swagger. He's a, he's another totally underutilized talent. I don't even know why he wasn't fired, um, aside from maybe he's injured. But Zed Coulter with, with Jack Swagger and Cesaro, either as a team or individually, was the perfect mouthpiece. Zeb could have easily been the next Bobby the Brain Heenan. Mm-hmm. And so we got Paul Heyman as the next Bobby the Brain Heenan, and I have no complaints on that. But Zeb Coulter could be right there with it. But instead of bringing him back with Cesaro or, and or Jack Swagger, they brought him back with Alberto Del Rio. Hugely stupid move. Right. Yeah, very well agreed. I don't know who was in charge of that particular decision, but it was wrong. In the end, though, um, like I said, uh, you know, Miz did pick up the victory there. We're going to see Miz lose the IC title soon. Um, I'm curious as to who it's going to be. I'm personally thinking... <clears throat> Yeah, he's had a decent little run since WrestleMania with the title, or right after WrestleMania. And he's done it as a heel. So I'm thinking we are going to see probably Sami Zayn pick it up, just to see <clears throat> how they can uh, push Sami Zayn. And at that point, uh, you know, it's really in Sami Zayn's hands, Uh Hopefully he doesn't listen to the writers or fights for his character and lets his in-ring work do the talk. But, I mean, Sami Zayn is going to be a great IC title holder, and I think that's the next person we see holding it. That's my best guess, too. I agree. Well, I mean, it usually, it, it, I mean titles almost always go, you know, heel face, heel face, heel face, heel face, heel face. Occasionally, of course, they go heel-heel. Well, actually, that's the most extreme rarity is heel-heel. More so is a is a face-face. So in that battle, you, you out of the four people looking at the IC title, you have The Miz, who's going to be leaving to shoot a movie, so they're going to do an injury angle or, or a, I'm pissed off and I'm leaving and I quit or whatever they do to let him disappear for a little while to go shoot uh, the Marine 5? Uh, yeah. Which also, by the way, features Maurice, uh, Curtis Axel, Bray Wyatt, and some more. There's a total, uh, I think Cameron's in there. There's a total of six WWE superstars in uh, the next Marine movie. I honestly don't know why they're trying to keep that franchise going. The Marine was decent when it was just John Cena. I mean, the first one was decent at best, I think. Um, you know, strangely enough, I'm I, I'm going to disagree with you. Uh, I 
I had nothing against John Cena's Marine movie. I thought, you know, it. I figured for a one-shot, cheesy action movie that it was what it was. Mm-hmm. And it was okay. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, nothing great about it either. Uh, the Marine 2 with uh, uh, Teddy DiBiase, who to this day I still think, uh, as a matter of fact, the two biggest underutilized talents that the WWE ever let out of their contracts were Teddy DiBiase and Cody Rhodes. Yep. Go, go figure that they were a tag team. These guys were phenomenal. Still are, I'm sure, for that matter. I, I don't know where WWE dropped the ball with Teddy DiBiase. Tremendous, tremendous in-ring performer. A hundred times better as far as his in-ring work than his father ever was. Not as good as on the mic. Not, you know, not quite there, but getting there. He was still young. Oh, yeah. Why they let the ball drop on that? Because some idiot came up with the DiBiase party posse was just fucking stupid. However, I will say that he did okay in the Marine 2. I like the fact that it was based on a true story. Uh, But aside from that, he was not a great actor. But the movie itself was... Well, acting-wise, it wasn't any worse than the Cena Marine. Uh, but production-wise and everything else, it wasn't as good. Um, so, yeah, that, that was kind of just a fucked-up situation for Teddy. However, I will say that when Marine 3 and Marine 4, Miz did truly revitalize that whole thing and they did it the right way. They didn't try to put that shit out in theaters or anything like that. They made it a direct-to-DVD action movie, and they did it very well. And Miz, strangely enough, it was really, really, really okay. Uh, I'm not going to say great, because he's not a great actor by a long shot, but as far as a you know fairly crappy DVD, direct-to-DVD action movie, Miz did fine. So much so that after watching Marine 3, I was looking forward to Marine 4. I'm looking forward to Marine 5. Yeah, with, uh, backing up to Ted D.B. Aussie, you know, uh, the Million Dollar Man's kid, I I seriously think he could have been uh, a WWE World Champion. I mean, he had the talent. I will admit that. So. Yeah, it was... That was, um, unfortunately, it was just a shit time for WWE. They had the wrong people in charge uh, on a lower end level. I'm not talking about the main event people, because Vince and Triple H and Stephanie are still, you know, tight on the reins on that. Uh, You go a step down, you have your Michael Hayes and your Pat Patterson's and all that, Uh, and Kevin Dunn's and other guys that have been fired for that matter. Yep. Teddy DiBiase was just, he was a victim of circumstance. Um, And he, you know, still holds no bitter grapes. I mean, he sits there and and praises the WWE for the opportunities given because he's a good Christian guy and, you know, he doesn't hold a grudge. He forgives. And I'm sure in, in his 
you know, deepest private moments, he's going, motherfucker, how do these assholes screw this up? Yep. But he's got the decent sense to keep his fucking yap shut about it. Oh, yeah. And he did get further along the line than Richie Steamboat, who, well, let's leave Richie out of this poor guy. Uh, Richie should have honestly gone a lot further, but injuries prevented that, and that's a damn shame because Richie Steamboat was amazing. He was almost as good as his dad. And, you know, that stuff will, that stuff happens, you know? It does, and, you know, you're in a physical thing. Uh, injuries are going to happen. Sometimes they're career-ending. You know, I don't know what Richie Steamboat is doing these days, but, uh, well, I'm sure giving uh, get, given royalties uh, that his dad could never spend, I'm sure financially he's going to be great forever. Oh, yeah. At any rate, uh, that was a very long conversation to get to the point that I still think Unless they fuck up Sami Zayn's character, which they don't seem to be doing. Uh, they pretty much don't let Sami Zayn talk too much, and they just let his in-ring work do all the talking for him. And that's working, and I think Sami Zayn is our next IC uh, champion. Next up, we got the Asylum match. First ever. Um Chris Jericho versus Dean Ambrose. And I said this on the last show that this was going to be the match tonight. It did not disappoint. It was fucking brutal from beginning to end. It was just great. Ambrose is one of those guys that they did not completely fuck with his character too much uh, from NXT before the Shield. He was always a loudmouth, loose cannon shit talker. That's what he was with the Shield. Yep. That's what he is now. That's what he was in NXT. It's phenomenal. And he did great. The perfect person in my mind to put him up against. Given Ambrose's background in uh, CCW, which is Combat Zone Wrestling, was, of course, Mick Foley. But unfortunately, Foley got really, really old and really, really fat. So you, you know, Mick can't do it no more. So <laughs> who's the next best to put him up against? Well, that would have been CM Punk. But well, Punk is a bitch. So uh, <laughs> you you go with the number three on the list, and that is most definitely the man of a thousand and one holds. The Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, Chris Jericho. I have been a fan of Chris Jericho ever since, ever since WCW. I love Chris Jericho. I have read all three of his books. Uh, when I can, I listen to his podcast. I don't care much for Fosse's music. I've tried. Um, it's just not my thing, but uh, I love Chris Jericho. I, I think Chris Jericho is fucking great. Mostly because, in a lot of ways, Chris Jericho reminds me of The Rock. Oh yeah, just in the speech patterns, in the 
he doesn't need the writers to come up with the shit. You know, strangely enough, The Rock does, actually. All, all the really cool shit Rock says is written by the writers. Rock yeah. just delivers it really well. Jericho goes up to the writers and says, give me an outline of what you want me to say, and I'll come up with it. And he delivers it really, really well. Yep. I, and he's a better wrestler than The Rock. But I love Chris Jericho to death. I love Dean Ambrose to death. I think Dean Ambrose is the epitome of what wrestling should be. The guy's got a perfect character. Yeah, everybody keeps comparing him to people like Stone Cold Steve Austin. And to an extent, uh, I suppose they're right. But he's really more of a new incarnation of Brian Tillman, in my opinion. That's what I was starting to think, too, because when you said... When you said a uh, loose cannon, that's what kind of brought to mind was Brian Tillman. Well, I use that analogy on purpose because he does remind me a lot of Brian Tillman. Yeah. And he gets to fuck Renee Young, which is just, hey, kudos. Yep, epic. Yeah. <clears throat> so I can't think of, you know, two better people to be in a, in a match like this. Uh, totally warped twisted version of a hardcore match meets a steel cage match. <clears throat> and I really thought Ambrose would end up taking the blunt of the punishment just because of his time in combat zone and, and because he's used to it. That I think that's why early uh, in Ambrose's NXT career, they had him working some things with Mick Foley, thinking at some point Foley was actually going to end up having a match with him. Yeah. It would have been perfect. The original hardcore legend versus, well, really the future of insanity and hardcore. That obviously never came to fruition, but what he did in there with, with Jericho was great. However, the number one, I mean, one of the top two things Mick Foley is remembered for as far as wrestling matches. Still with me, Derek? Yeah. What are the top two things Mick Foley was, is remembered for in wrestling? Oh, I didn't, uh, I didn't realize that was a... Uh... That was a question. Uh, probably, probably his use of thumbtacks, and the fact that he was that he did crazy stunts. Well, that was uh, pretty much my two answers. Uh, I, I was going to go with the thumbtacks, and obviously being thrown off the top of the Hell in a Cell cage. But well, so I was I, talking, uh, well, I was talking about when it, about thinking back to WCW when he was uh, Cactus, Cactus Jack Manson, where where he did that. Uh, that running flip off of the uh, apron onto Vader. That's what I was thinking. Or the uh, hmm. drop off the apron. Another beautiful moment. And then, of course, uh, there's all the shit he did with Terry Funk back in the day, too. And but uh, Oh, God, yeah. That's just insanity. But, I mean, the number one clip of any WWE programming shown over and over and over again literally was fully, you know, going off the top of the cell onto the announce table 
and Jim Ross going, you know, you killed him, you killed him, he's dead, or whatever the hell it was that Jim Ross said. That is the number one WWE piece of film shown more often than any other. Well, it's that, true. That, I mean, yeah. It, I, it may even hold a Guinness Book of World Record just for being the single most shown piece of sports footage ever. Uh, I think the only thing film-wise that beat that was like the Zabruder film or something like that. But So I, I honestly figured that Ambrose being Ambrose wanted would want to top that. I honestly, I, I knew Ambrose was going to win. I called this uh, when we did the last show. Yep. I did not expect the thumbtacks, and I did not expect, I, you know, when I saw the thumbtacks come out, I went, oh, Ambrose is spreading the thumbtacks. That's not going to work well for him. Yeah. Wrong, wrong on both instances. I did not expect Chris Jericho to take the drop onto the thumbtacks. Uh, I, I I I saw some photos of him with the thumbtacks in his arm and his in his bag. It's just like, oh my god! Ugh. I I don't know if I could ever do that. Do a bump like that? I really don't. Uh, with my back, I don't know that I could do any bump ever. And sure as fuck wouldn't be on thumbtacks. But I, I want to just get like a, a a gif of that on my phone, just to keep handy. Whenever coworkers, friends, acquaintances, total strangers at a bar use the phrase that I hate more than anything in the world, and that is, you know, wrestling's fake, right? Uh, I hate it when uh, they say, I really hate it when they say that. Yeah. And I'm the first to turn, and normally I'm a very calm, polite guy, and I will turn around and go, no, wrestling is scripted. And yeah. they always say the same thing. Well, scripted, fake, what's the difference? Well, asshole, um, been to the movies recently? Put in a DVD, turned on HBO, anything like that? Well, yeah. Do you sit there throughout the movie you're watching and go, you know that shit ain't real, right? <laughs> that Iron Man guy, that he ain't really shooting lasers out of his hands. And they always look at me like I'm the asshole. It's scripted entertainment. We all know it's scripted. We all know the outcome is predetermined. We're not fucking stupid. Yeah. But for, and... for Christ's sake, stop treating us like we are. Yep. But getting back to my point is I did not think Jericho was going to be the one to get dropped onto the thumbtacks when I saw him come out. And kudos to Jericho because what kind of grown-ass man I get why Foley did it. We all get and know that Foley's got a screw loose. Well, yeah. Anybody, anybody that's ever watched an interview, uh, primarily the interview um, in, on Beyond the Mat, everybody gets that Foley does have a bit of a screw loose. He's a fucking nut job. We all understand that. We know Foley's crazy. Yeah. Nobody's questioning that, but nobody ever thought Chris Jericho was crazy. We've actually all thought Chris Jericho was a rather bright, intelligent guy. Hell, he's parlayed his love of wrestling into a massive wrestling career and parlayed that into hosting TV game shows, appearances on TV shows and movies, Yep, uh, starring in various 
things. Uh, one of the funniest things I've ever seen on the internet, and you guys can find it on YouTube, is a uh, web series called But I'm Chris Jericho. Fucking hilarious. He's probably that all that into a music career with his band Fozzie. I'm personally not a fan, but the band has a very big following. It was even part of Ozfest, for God's sake. Yeah, I, I've never listened to uh, Fozzie, and I have no intention of listening to it. Uh, you know, if if you're, I don't know, are you a metal fan at all? I mean, I, I see a lot of the stuff you post on social media. Uh, and, I, and I'm guessing you're more like me. You're more of kind of a classic rock and a country guy. Well, pretty much uh, classic rock, country, some rap, some hip hop, some some metal, I guess. You know, like uh, an, uh, analog digital disorder, Motorhead, stuff like that. I think you might actually like Fozzie. Then I mean, I, I'm not. I'm more of a mainstream metal when it comes to metal. I'm more of a mainstream metal. Uh, uh, Metallica, Megadeth, Ozzy Osbourne, and I got nothing against Fozzy. You know, they're fine, but they just seem like they're trying to be like everybody else. You might actually like Fozzy. Give him a listen. Yeah, I think I'll get I'll give it a shot and see what happens. Right. I mean, you know, it's not going to kill you to listen to a few songs. Yep. But in the end, uh, on this particular match, though. I was not expecting Jericho to take those bumps. Shocked the fuck out of me. Great thing. Uh, in the end, Ambrose actually won, which I said he was going to win. I just thought he would take the worst of the beating. Um, quicker uh, match recap, Natalia versus Charlotte. Fine match. Uh, nothing against it. I just, I honestly, I don't, care to intrigue the performer um, and it's probably a weirdly uh, misogynistic uh, you know male pride thing Charlotte's too hairy and uh, Natalia's afraid to show too much cleavage um, you can't blame her for that though she gotta and- leave some of the imagination man she's not like fucking Nikki, Nikki Skankella I would prefer, you know, if I had to to choose to see to, as to which of them I'd see naked, I'd rather see Natalia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd rather see Natalia naked as well over Nikki Bella. Because, I mean, I mean, God knows there's probably a bunch of bugs that'd be flying out of hers. <laughs> well, like you said, I mean... <clears throat> I, I'm I'm still unbelievably in shock to the fact that Jim Neidhart could produce a daughter that is that hot. Yeah, that was only half of it, though. Well, yeah, that's true. Bret Hart's sister's the other half. <laughs> but then again, I've also looked at the women in the Hart family, too, and most of them look like your atypical Canadian chicks. I mean, they're, they're not ugly, but they're um, they're not ugly. Is uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Anyway, um, the uh, the particular match was a submission match. Ric Flair banned from ringside. In the end, um, strangely enough, without Ric Flair's help, turned out to be Dana Brooke 
in disguise. Charlotte manages to take advantage in the end and picks up the victory. I honestly, uh, you know, I didn't pay that much attention to the match. That's when I, you know, did what I normally do during the Divas matches is if I got to take a piss, I got to take a shit, I want to go smoke a cigarette, whatever. I do that during the Divas matches. Just like last year when I saw Garth Brooks and Little Rock loved every minute of the show when Trisha Yearwood came out, I went out to smoke. Oh, it's dear God. How fucking dare you, man? Trisha Yearwood. Whoa, hold on. You know, let me finish. It was not a sign of disrespect. I love Trisha Yearwood. On my tablet that I keep in the car at all times, Trisha Yearwood's greatest hits are among my top played things. I love her to death. And I'm glad I finished my cigarette and got back in in time to hear a walk away show. It's not, and I'm not dissing Natalia or Charlotte in, in this particular instance. It's that in the contents of the time and place, it's what held the least amount of interest to me. I don't smoke in my house. I can't take the TV to the bathroom with me. I have to choose the best time and place that if I got to go take a shit or I want to go smoke a cigarette, what is the match that I want to see the least? And in this particular case, Natalia versus Charlotte was that match. In the case of the Garth Brooks concert, I was not going to miss a second of Garth Brooks. Yeah. If I have to miss anything in the concert, I'm going to miss a couple of minutes of Trisha Yearwood. And actually, I did miss a few seconds of Garth Brooks because there was a point in time that he played a song that wasn't that I didn't like the song, because I do like almost all of Garth Brooks songs, but it wasn't a song that I was overly attached to, and that's uh, If Tomorrow Never Comes. Fine song. Not one of my favorites. I also went and took a piss during that. So just yeah. being fair on that. Well, all right, man. You know what? You explain yourself. I take back my accusation of, you know, you know what you said about that, but if tomorrow never comes, it's probably one of my favorite ones because of the story that goes along with it. I think my personal opinion, let's continue on with the, uh, uh, rundown. Uh, we, we could probably discuss country music all night in hell. Just yeah. But sheer I, number I, of Garth, just in the sheer number of Garth Brooks albums, we could probably discuss Garth Brooks all night. Yeah. But this is uh stunner wrestling, not stunner classic country breakdown. And thank God for unanswered prayers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Final match of Extreme Rules was for the WWE World Heavyweight title, AJ Styles versus Roman Reigns. And I believe I made it clear last time that I wanted AJ Styles to win. However, I knew WWE just wasn't going to do it. Yeah. And I was not mistaken in that. However, I was mistaken in what was going to happen after. After the match, I just thought it was going to be a Bullet Club beatdown. And it turns out we got the return of the Chosen One. So Roman Reigns, of course, did pick up the victory, and it was a fantastic match. And that means a lot for me to say that because Roman Reigns, I don't know that he's ever had a fantastic match, uh, uh. but he's also never had a match against AJ Styles, which made the match fantastic. Or should yeah. I say, um, phenomenal? Uh yeah, I think I think I think that definitely works. But yeah. I think last show, I think we called it the 
we actually were talking about like what's going to happen. Is there, are they going to put Seth Rollins against him? We called it. So I say we deserve a million dollars from WWE because we called it before, probably before they even thought of it. Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about the Rollins angle and Rollins and Styles, but and forgive me, I uh, I tend to. Uh, to wander a little bit during these shows, but did we actually say that Rollins was going to show back up? Uh, I'm pretty sure that we that we think that they were going to lead into that during the later part of the summer. But I mean, I thought I thought we called it, but I guess if uh, somebody could go and listen to the last show and then correct us, I guess I may could. have to go. I may have to go back and listen to the last show just to. Yeah, the predictions portion. I mean, it's possible that one or both of us called it, but uh, in the end, it amounts to the same thing, that Roman Reigns was going to win and continue to be your WWE champion, even though he is one of them. I'm going to go on record and say that Roman Reigns is, and I I mean this by in-ring ability only, uh, he is the worst WWE champion since Hulk Hogan. Um, he, yeah, I guess I could actually see that. I mean, I think Hogan's reign, uh, when he actually won it at WrestleMania 9, I thought it was kind of crap. So, yeah, I think this one was kind of crap. Well, and, and, and I'm basing that strictly on in-ring ability. Uh, now, if you want to talk about uh, you know charisma and mic skills, Roman Reigns is the worst WWE champion since the Great Khali. Yeah. And, and here's the thing: is when the Shield made their initial debut, and, and I've been you know loosely following uh, NXT at, at, at that point, and I knew a lot about Dean Ambrose, and I knew a lot about Seth Rollins, and I was very very excited for these guys to be coming out. I did not at that time know a lot about Roman Reigns. I did, however, say at the time, though, he, Vince McMahon loves his big guys. And I, yep. didn't do, I didn't even do my research. I didn't even know he was related to The Rock and the Wild Samoans and, and Rikishi and all that shit at the time. I do remember saying Vince loves his big guys, and it's not going to surprise me if they put Roman Reigns above all these other guys. Yeah, and, I mean, if they actually cheered, you know, Roman better than, you know, like this ultimate face, you know, like they did at the Royal Rumble when he got eliminated by Bautista or Batista or whatever you want to call it, it's it's like, if they so, cheered him on well, wasn't like that. that blue, wasn't that Bautista? Yeah, yeah, Bautista, the Power Ranger, yeah. Yeah. And then, then all of a sudden, you know, threw uh, Roman out, and then Batista just got booed unbelievably. You know, if they would have pushed Roman then, then it, right now wouldn't have been so bad. But, I mean, they just, they're they are doing the John Cena to him, man. They're just booing the living crap out of him. Yeah, but see, the difference, and I hate to say this because I, everybody that listens to this show uh, from the beginning to now knows that I am the most, Seriously, most anti-Cena guy ever. I hate John Cena with a fucking passion. There's absolutely nothing aside from his respect 
of our military and his work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation that I like about the guy. There's a ton, ton that I respect about John Cena. I have a ton of respect for John Cena. My respect for John Cena is unparalleled. I, I, I respect... God, I have so much respect for him. Why? Well, first off, he's put in his time. Yep. I mean, it's taken John Cena 10 plus years to become the, what, 14, 15 time WWE champion that I hate so much. He's put in his time. There's also his respect for our military. There's the fact that he actually has vastly surpassed Hulk Hogan and every other famous person ever, more so than fucking Mickey Mouse, as the number one requested person at the Make-A-Wish Foundation. I mean... I don't care what I think of his wrestling skills or him as a person or anything like that. Those two things alone are enough for me to, you know, for John Cena to earn my respect. However, just because he has earned my respect, does that mean I have to like him? No, God, no, it doesn't. I do not like John Cena at all. He is this... You know, his biggest proponents will sit there and say, well, hell, he is this generation's Hulk Hogan. And his biggest opponents, me being one of them, will sit there and say, you know what, he is this generation's Hulk Hogan. (laughs) For completely opposite reasons. They say, well, look at all the t-shirts he sells and look at how much the kids love him and say your prayers and eat your vitamins and take your steroids and you know, fuck divas with breast implants and all that shit. Yay! Yep, yep. And also say the N-word. Uh, well, I don't know that he's ever said that, but don't want to go putting words in anybody's mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he's also very much like Hulk Hogan in the same fact that uh, he's got a set repertoire of moves. You know, back in Hogan's days, they didn't call it the three moves of doom, but in Cena's day, they call it the five moves of doom. I just, I don't like the guy. He's a, he is a shitty, shitty, shitty wrestler. He is horrible. He is Mr. Mike Skills, and I will give him that. He is much like his uh, predecessor, Hulk Hogan, he is great on the mic. He can get a fucking crowd working for better or worse. I will always give credit where credit is due. I totally respect Cena for that. Yep. I just think he's a shitty wrestler. And it kills me that guys like Cena to this day are on top of the game and 
Well, guys like Daniel Bryan, who weren't lucky to be born with a body like John Cena's. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, John Cena busted his ass to get the body that he has. He did, and and still does. Yeah. I mean, they said he was going to be on the shelf for nine months. He's back in six. Good for him. And that took work. That wasn't just I'm sitting at home with a TV remote in my hand. That was I do, you know, four hours of physical therapy a day, and then after that I go to the gym. Yep. I will never say I don't respect John Cena, but I will always say I don't like John Cena. Yeah. Yeah, you well, mean but you do respect the Mets, you know. I do. And and however though, when uh when when I go to a a WWE live event, whether it's a house show, whether it's Raw, SmackDown, main event <laughs> uh pay per view when the crowd goes, let's go Cena, I am one of the ones at the top of my lungs going, Cena sucks. Because yeah. Cena sucks. <laughs> it is what it is. All right. Yep. Uh, God, I think we spent entirely too much time on this. So we're going to have to rush through the rest of it. Let's go ahead and hit uh, that first commercial break uh, that we probably should have did, uh, well, probably a good hour ago. All right, sounds good. Going right now. <laughs> we'll be right back. Yeah. Davis has a black belt in Japanese jiu-jitsu, a brown belt in BJJ, and again, training with Caesar Gracie. This is Alexis Davis, UFC women's bantamweight contender. Be sure to tune in to the Badlands Combat Sports Radio Show. And it was Davis delivering the strikes in this one. The best news source for boxing, kickboxing, and mixed martial arts can be heard on the Badlands Combat Sports Radio Show, hosted by Bad Bill. Listen to the roundtable discussions and interviews with the amateur or professional fighters. Check it out on Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on RockinWaves.com, home of Rockin' Waves 11294. Playing the hills, old and new. How to advertise effectively on the radio. First, get their attention. Hi! Next, mention the product's name. Cabot Sharp Cheddar! Use repetition. Cabot Sharp Cheddar! Cabot Sharp Cheddar! Cabot Sharp Cheddar! Sound believable. Oh, Cabot Sharp Cheddar! Cabot Sharp Cheddar! Cabot Sharp Cheddar! Or use in a catchy jingle. Cabot Sharp Cheddar! La 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 la! Throw in a subliminal message. Bye! Sexy. Cabot! Sexy. Sharp! Naked cow. Cheddar! And or bowls. Or a testimonial. I lacay Cabot Sharp Cheddar because. No, that's like. Like? I like all these years I've been saying McCain? Tell them where they can buy it. Your grocer's dairy section. Where you buy cheese. Followed by the phone number. Not applicable. Insert a sound effect for emphasis. Wow, that cabot cheddar is wicked sharp. And if all fails, bribe the listening audience. <laughs> buy cabot sharp cheddar and win a billion dollars. With a disclaimer. Not available in all areas. So when you put it all together, people will know if you like extra sharp cheddar, you'll love cabot all natural sharp cheddar. They were outnumbered. Ready! Out equipped. They had no chance of winning. 
But they had one huge advantage. General George Washington. The fate of unborn millions will now depend, under God, on the courage and conduct of this army. We have to resolve to conquer or die. Just as the leadership of one man helped form a nation, today leadership can transform the world. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. How would you like to be on the air? A prestigious position in radio broadcasting awaits you. If you've ever dreamed of being a radio disc jockey, newscaster, sportscaster, or production director, this is one of those rare times in history where positive change is waiting for you. American Broadcasting School Incorporated, one of the most successful and best-known broadcasting institutions of its kind, presents your window of opportunity now. Now, you can train in fully equipped broadcast studios with instructors evaluating your on-air assignments as you do them. Plus, there's job placement assistance upon graduation. This is a nationally accredited institution that's ready to help you take your first steps into your new future. There has never been a more exciting time to be in the world of broadcasting. And financial aid is available for those who qualify. American Broadcasting School, the number one way of entering broadcasting for over 33 years. You're just a phone call away from the career you've always dreamed of. You are a waste, a loser. Everyone hates you. Why don't you just stay in your car and keep driving? I'm serious. Drive until you run out of gas and get out of your car and walk until you find someone who doesn't think you're dumber than bricks. Could take a while, but at least all that walking might burn a couple of calories. You may not witness bullying like this every day. Your kids do. They want to help, but they don't know how. Visit StopBullying.gov to learn safe, simple ways your child can help stop bullying. Be more than a bystander at StopBullying.gov. A message from the Ad Council. Are you sick and tired of buying all those old WWE, WWF DVDs and can't find anywhere to put them? Well, why don't you just order the WWE Network on your phone, smart tablet, PC, or your Roku, and you can enjoy all the pay-per-views from WCW, WWE, WCCW, and ECW for only $9.99. That's right, you heard it here first, $9.99. Not $10.99, not $15.99, but $9.99. Plus, you can watch every pay-per-view just under $10 a month. That's enough to make you go... So all you have to do is... Trust me. So log on to www.com forward slash WW Network and start your first month that's free today. And now, back to Stenner Wrestling, Inc. Okay, well, welcome back to Stenner Wrestling, Inc., everybody. Um, quick question. Yep. Did they really hear it here first? Uh, I think they heard it when I was doing my own show for for uh, school or for American Broadcasting School. But uh, I think that's the only WWE Network commercial ever made. So yeah, heard it here first. Well, as far as radio, I suppose uh, you know they did hear it um, here or there first. Um, I know you asked me not to make fun of you and your WWE commercial. Um, the other thing is uh, you, the audio there uh, when uh, when Jake Roberts says, "Trust me." Yep. You know where that was from, right? Yeah, his theme. 
Yes, but you know where Billy originally got the audio to do that from? I do not know. Stunner Wrestling Inc. Oh, that is awesome. That was uh, the first time, you know, Billy ever... No, don't get me wrong. The actual audio was from his actual theme. But uh, I I, I believe in... uh, in comparison, you had uh, the very first ever WWE Network radio commercial, um, yep. at, the, at the very least in the U.S. Uh, I, I think that's the first time it was ever heard on the radio, uh, Jake saying, trust me, because that was part of... Uh, matter of fact, we'd only been doing Stunner. Uh, damn, uh, Tommy Coolwater and I had started it we have been doing it maybe, maybe a month, and God, we were horrible. <laughs> I mean, we were really, really, really bad. Uh, Derek, have you actually ever listened uh, to the original Sun Wrestling Inc. interview with, uh, with with Jake Roberts? Um, I believe I did listen to the interview a little bit, I believe. Much and- like everybody else, you only got a little bit into it and went, Oh my God! Why am I listening to this shit? Well, I mean, it's just like, you know, I mean, then again, you know, Jake Roberts was, you know, still had his problem with drugs, you know, and that's understandable, you know, but he's doing much yeah, but better. See, see but. he wasn't the problem, and he handled himself just fine in the interview. I mean, he's a professional; he knows what he's doing. The problem yeah. with that interview was the two jackass hosts and their idiot producer. Because none of us at that time, this was, what, uh, five, six years ago, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We were morons. I mean, you'd think, at least at the very least in preparation for interviewing one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling, we would have, I don't know, listened to other people interviewing well, not only so much him, but anybody else. Yep. And and, then, le- and, lear- and learning how to conduct an interview and you know work on the questions and all this. We did work on the questions ahead of time, but we didn't know how to ask them. And we, we were just horrible. It was bad. Well, <laughs> really, well, really bad. Well, now, Steve, now look at it this way. Now you look back on you're like, you're one of your Sun Wrestling Inc. was one of the shows to actually get Jake Roberts on. How many other wrestling podcasts can say that they had Jake Roberts on? Not very many. Yeah, well, we had to uh, we had to make a lot of promises to even get the interview. Yeah, um, which we fulfilled. We did um, fulfill our end of uh, of our promises. Um, it, it was for charity. Uh, we offered up uh, a lot of things to be auctioned off on eBay. Uh, Jake's daughter did have some health issues going on uh, at the time. And to be honest, I don't know how she's doing now. I hope she's doing good. But I don't really know. Uh, the only reason I even knew about him is because of the interview. But we, we we set up an eBay auction to uh, to offer up uh, our replica belt that Jake was going to sign. Uh, Jake was uh, throwing in some autographed T-shirts and some other things. 
there were um, literally zero bids. Um, not because Jake's not popular enough for this, because we had like a zero percent listener pace. Uh, even though we put the damn thing on YouTube, uh, which can still be fine there, found there today, but um, at the time, I mean, we'd been doing Stunner for literally a couple of weeks, and Tommy Coolwater somehow got a hold of Jake's manager and started sending her emails and filling her head with bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made it seem like we were much more popular than we were at the time. And then, granted, we have grown in popularity exponentially since that point, but I mean, literally, we had been doing this for about two weeks. <laughs> I, I honestly, I, I feel horrible. The last time um, that, uh, that Jake and I were in uh, Vegas at the same time and same place, I avoided him. Oh, wow. I don't normally do that. I mean, you heard me tell the story last time about uh, uh, Jerry Lawler and Brian Christopher and Jimmy Hart, and I, I will go up to any of these people. You know, I'm fucking shameless. I will walk up and, hey, how you doing? Remember me? And I don't, never mind you don't remember me because we've never met, but God damn it, it's great to see you again. <laughs> I, I'm a shameless pig, but the last time that I was at an indie show in Las Vegas, shortly before I moved out to the Memphis area and Jake was there, I would not go within 50 yards of him because I was afraid, drugged out or not, if I had said Stephen James and Son of Wrestling Inc., he would have went, you motherfuckers are the reason my granddaughter didn't get her operation because you guys made it seem like you were popular. Uh, 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 yeah, and he might actually grab your head and DDT into the ground. I you know I was less afraid of that as I was of him actually just publicly saying oh, yeah. that, and not that we misrepresented ourselves. Um, I, so far as I know, Tommy Coolwater didn't even embellish who we were. But at the time, I mean, we we had a website and, and everything else. Uh, I think Jake's. Uh, manager at the time just assumed we were bigger than we were, but then again, she also claimed he was clean and sober, so I mean, there was some lying going on on both ends, apparently. But, but uh, I digress. I mean, I, I did not want to go, to, and this would have been the first opportunity, except for a house show when I was a kid, for me to be face-to-face with Jake Roberts, and I didn't want to have to look the guy in the eye and go, you know, I love the fact that you were kind enough to be part of our show, part of one of our inaugural shows. I mean, we got one of the, within our first five shows, we got one of the biggest stars in wrestling history. Yep. We haven't been able to get anybody that big ever since. Yeah. I, didn't want to have to look, I didn't want to have to look him in the eye and go, and we did put the YouTube, we we, we created a, um, an eBay uh, auction, and we, you know, we offered up everything from uh, an autographed title belt, which uh, was a personal possession of Tommy Coolwater that we were going to send to Texas and have Jake sign, 
and it was going to get sent to the buyer. Uh, we were auctioning off phone calls with Jake, uh, autograph memorabilia. We we fulfilled our end of the obligation. It's just that we were nobodies. Yeah, and no but... nobody listened. To, there there was not one bit, not even one penny. And it's not because people didn't care about Jake and didn't care about helping his granddaughter. It's, nobody knew who the fuck we were and didn't care who we were. Yeah, I think that, I think then since then we've uh, we've gained about uh, four fans. <laughs> well, four fans that you didn't have before, at least. Yeah, well, I'm also not offering up uh, eBay auctions to, you know, try to fucking help wayward wrestlers with drug problems. Uh, so there is that. <laughs> I'm learning. Don't offer what you can't, you know, put forth. Mm-hmm. So we... At any rate, we uh, we discussed the pay-per-view at length and about 8 billion other subjects in the interim. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this uh, past Monday's Raw, which I know you didn't see. But the interesting thing about it is, uh, in the big piece of news coming out of WWE, is now that SmackDown has moved uh, this past January from the Sci-Fi Channel to USA, USA and moved from uh, from Friday night back to the original Thursday night, there's another big move out there, and I'm sure you've heard of this, right, Derek? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. SmackDown is now doing what I thought they should have been doing for a long time now, and they've tested it, obviously, because they've done the... 8 billion specials of Super SmackDown Live. <laughs> they are now going to be uh, starting in just over a month from now, I believe. What is it, month, month and a half? Uh, well, let me uh, take a I look mean, here. I think it's going to be starting up in uh, July 19th. July. July. Okay, so a little over a month from now. Yep. Smack, SmackDown, for the first time, Ever goes live weekly on the USA Network. Yes, we all know SmackDown has gone live before on Tuesday nights. And I don't. I shut up. <laughs> this is the first time they've ever made SmackDown a weekly live show. And apparently, from what I'm reading in the dirt sheets, and take that for what it's worth, sometimes it's uh, gold, sometimes it's garbage. But apparently, they are finally ready from for the first time since shortly after its inception to make SmackDown a legitimate contender with Raw. And they are going back to the brand split. That I'm actually looking forward to because from what I read on the dirt sheet is that uh, they got big plans for AJ Styles. So they possibly could be doing a world champion on on SmackDown because I know the tag team championship, I think that's going to be do, done on both shows. The women's championship is going to well, be done on 
one show, and the Intercontinental yeah. and U.S. are going to be on different shows. Now, see, th- and this is where I, I wonder about things, is how do the titles work? Uh, number one, with the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, as opposed to the WWE Championship and the World Heavyweight Championship, are are are, are we keeping one main title, and is the champion going to be split between two shows? Um, not that I have a problem with that. I'm just curious. Or are we going to go back to two separate titles? Are we going to go back to the WWE title? and the World Heavyweight title, and each pay-per-view is going to have uh, double main events. Well, I think that is a fantastic idea. In theory, obviously, it's been proven that it's not all that practical unless the other show is a contender, because you recall when the World Heavyweight title was the SmackDown title and uh, the... WWE title was the Raw title. Yeah. The you end up with uh, the Rock versus Cena in the main event of WrestleMania, and the opening match ends up being Daniel Bryan versus Sheamus for the W or the World Heavyweight title. And which ended in 15 seconds. 18, but yes. Ah, uh, 18 seconds. Yeah. And then they made a little storyline about that, and Daniel Bryan got pissed. So, well, I, should... I, mean, I don't have a problem splitting the brands. I don't have a problem splitting the titles. Yep. I actually, I, I like WWE better when Raw and SmackDown were separate. But I also liked it better when they were totally separate. You had a SmackDown pay-per-view, you had a Raw pay-per-view. The only time the two intermixed were were, were during the Big Four. Yep, Survivor Series, Raw Rumble, WrestleMania, uh, and Number I think elim- and el- Elimination Chamber too, right? Uh, yeah, during well, that was during the total end of it. But yeah, you had a you had a Raw and a SmackDown elimination. Yeah. Uh, chamber match. And I have no problem with doing that again. The problem that I have with it is, and during that time, as a matter of fact, they actually treated SmackDown as an entity. They gave it decent writers, they gave it decent performers, and they're in yep. the position to do that again. And and I And I... Honestly, I think if they want to do it right, I, I think they need to overload SmackDown to start. And they're going to have to take a raw ratings hit. I think you need to put Shane McMahon in charge of SmackDown. And you're going to need to see a number of top performers go to SmackDown. John Cena is going to have to go to SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, po- po- possibly uh, Roman Reigns uh, as the champion. If they don't do a title split, uh, then I guess he's going to have to pull double duty. I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I, uh, the IC title is so much up in the air, I, w- I want to keep that on Raw because, well, it's just a crap title right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, U.S. title, I think I want to see that go to SmackDown. 
I, I want to see the tag team titles uh, split between the brands again. I don't want to see a, just the WWE uh, tag team title. I want to see uh, the World Heavyweight title, and, or I'm sorry, the uh, World Tag Team title and the WWE Tag Team title. I want to see those split so that each brand has its own shit again. Yeah. But I think the big, I think the biggest key to it right now is you need uh, about four big names to go to SmackDown and solely SmackDown. You need the right GM or the right person running it, and uh, I think that has to be Shane going to SmackDown because you know Raw's maintained with Stephanie for for a while now, and everybody lo- loves Stephanie. Whether you hate her or not, you love her. Oh yeah, and she and she's great staying on Raw. Keep Stephanie on Raw, that's fine. But you have to have some top tier performers. You need you need John Cena. You need uh, well, fr- quite frankly, AJ Styles. Uh, you need Dean Ambrose or Seth Rollins, or both. And you have to switch up the announcing instead of. Uh, JBL and Michael Cole on Raw. I think you switch it up to JBL and Byron Saxton and somebody else on Raw, and you go with Jerry Lawler and Michael Cole and I, I don't even know who the hell the SmackDown announcers are, except Mark for Moran- Jerry, Mark Morano or whatever the fuck his name is. I think. Yep. Yeah. You know what? You know what? I think I, I think that's where they're going to bring in uh, Mauro Ranello. Is uh, I think uh, Mauro Ranello needs to be there with Cole and Jerry Lawler. But if you want SmackDown to be legitimately recognized, you need to overload it at least for the first year. SmackDown needs to be basically redubbed the new brand. Yeah. You need to have you need to have the best writers on SmackDown. You need to have the best performers on SmackDown. You need to have the best announcers on SmackDown. Raw will survive. Raw survived so much. Raw survived WCW. Yeah. Raw will survive a year with SmackDown being a better show. Make SmackDown the better show. Yeah, and. I I remember attending uh, the live show for Raw and SmackDown. I thought they were both equally really good when they came to the cities. So, well, I mean, as far as in ring performance goes, I I I don't think there's going to be a question there. I mean, you're going to have top notch performers and great matches on both shows, and I think that's great. But the biggest key comes in again with the top tier talent because you want to have big main events. I can recall main events on SmackDown uh, before the brand split. You had things like, you know, Randy Orton and Paul London and um, Brian Kendrick uh, against well, I don't even know who the hell the main bad guys are. Uh, versus like uh, 
Edge and Chavo Guerrero and somebody else from Vicky Guerrero's bullshit. And it was just yeah. like, okay, great. Uh, you know, London and Kendrick are a fine tag team. Randy Orton, obviously, is Randy Orton. And Edge, of course, is Edge. But then his partners are Chavo and, you know, whoever the hell else fucking Vicky can dig up. Yeah, that, that, that's when the SmackDown shit and the brand split just started going... Stupid. Yep. But the uh, brand, the brand like. Oh, sorry, but, I'm interrupting. Go ahead. Uh, well, one thing that SmackDown always had was they always had the Undertaker on, and he was always a big draw for SmackDown. So that was the main thing that kept them going, I think. And, and you know, the funny thing about that is, is I don't think that had so much to do with the Undertaker going. I want to make SmackDown a better show. Yeah. It uh, it actually had to do, and I believe I read this somewhere, and don't quote me on this because I could be misremembering, but I believe that uh, the particular church that The Undertaker uh, attends in in Texas, and yes, go figure that The Undertaker, the biggest, craziest, uh, demonic badass in the WWE, is a hardcore biker Christian, but that's the reason he preferred, at, during that particular place in time, he preferred to be on SmackDown because he could go to church in Texas on Monday night and either fly out early Tuesday morning or late Monday night and then go do the show then. Yeah. And that could be a big part of it, too. I mean, you know, Undertaker obviously is not done. Yeah, he did his WrestleMania match. But, you know, look at uh, the previous year before WrestleMania. We saw a lot more of Undertaker in the last year before uh, WrestleMania 32 than we saw in the last five or six years. We saw a lot of the Undertaker in the last year. Yeah. I mean, he appeared on WrestleMania and I think like one more pay-per-view after, I think it was uh, uh, that Hell in the Cell pay-per-viewer, and he went up against Brock Lesnar and then Survivor Series. And uh, a, probably a dozen Raw and some SmackDowns in that time, too. Yep. So, I mean, it's possible. Uh, I, I would assume that Undertaker's probably still going to the same church, so he wants to limit his Monday Night Raw appearances, and that can only help SmackDown doing live shows on Tuesday. That's yeah. another thing that, that that can really help SmackDown in, in this new era in the fact that ever since the inception of the Internet, which is right about the time SmackDown originally started, is we've always known SmackDown was pre-recorded. We didn't always have the results at our fingertips the way we do now. Yep. But we knew it wasn't live. We knew Raw was, but SmackDown we knew was pre-recorded, and that just always, at least for me, put a bug in my ass. Even if I didn't look at the results, it was like, this happened four days ago, I don't care. Yep. I mean, there was a lot of nights that, uh, depending on tour schedules and if they were going overseas or anything like that, that SmackDown was recorded literally right after Raw. The sec- 
I was actually at a Raw in Vegas, the infamous Pipe Bomb Night. Everybody uh, remembers Pipe Bomb Night because I was there. Oh, yeah. And it was one of the coolest Raws ever. And that moment was really good. And, you know, we thought after that moment that, God, after that, there's not even going to be a dark match. And there wasn't. So me and uh, my uh, girlfriend at the time and uh, another friend that we had brought got up to leave. And, you know, they had, uh, wow, I wanted to say Tony Schiavone, not Tony Schiavone, um, and not Josh Matthews. Who the hell was the the other ring announcer they had, uh, the guy? Uh, uh, Did you already say Tony Schimmel? Tony Schimmel. Uh, okay, I was confusing Tony Schiavone with Tony Schimmel. Yeah, no, Tony Schimmel came out and said, don't go anywhere because because next week is 4th of July and we are taking the week off, which is a lie. They were traveling overseas, but you know, we're taping another episode of Raw. Everybody sit tight. And you're like, oh, well, half the arena's emptied out. So we're going to go from these cheap-ass seats that uh, we were in because, well, I'm poor. Uh, we got really good seats for <laughs> the next night's Raw, which was honestly uh, the uh, portion they filmed in Vegas that night took about almost an hour. Uh, they just quickly ran through the few matches they had, and during that time, they just spent a bunch of time pre-recording shit back scene or behind the scenes. So the fact that SmackDown is actually going to be live instead of pre-recorded, to me, is a huge thing. Yep. The only SmackDowns over the past few years that I've been interested in watching were the so-called Super SmackDown shows. Super SmackDown Live Tuesday night on Sci-Fi, or now USA. Now it's just SmackDown Live. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is going to be a really good move for them because it's gonna it's it's gonna bring more people to SmackDown and hopefully keep them both in, in good competition. Because I mean, God knows NXT is blowing both Raw and SmackDown out of the water every week. Well, yes and no. They they are definitely blowing Raw and SmackDown out of the water as far as. Um, <laughs> Match quality. Yeah. You know, NXT is focused a little bit less on character development, which they shouldn't be too focused on character development. I mean, obviously, you got to spend some time on it because you're going to be trying different things and changing so much shit up with people. Oh, yeah. But the main thing NXT is focused on is can you have a good match? Because that is what you're here for. You're in the minor leagues. We want to see how many home runs you can hit. Yep. But you, you know, flip over to Raw or SmackDown. It's well, you know, uh, I you're you're not in the minor leagues and trying to hit as many home runs or get on base as many times as you can. You've already done that. You know, you, you've already entered the major leagues. Now you're, you know, you're trying to solidify your Hall of Fame spot. Nothing wrong with that at all, but that's why yeah. NXT is getting so much better praise, not ratings, 
because the number of people watching Raw and SmackDown blows NXT out of the water by far. But NXT is doing respectable enough numbers that, well, uh, you know, if you're the Dodgers and the Angels out in L.A. and you do 2 million people uh, per broadcast, you're doing fine. But if the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, also in Southern California, do half that number, the Dodgers and the Angels should start to worry. Why? Well, because that many people are watching the fucking minor leagues, they must be doing something good. And that's exactly what NXT is doing. They are doing insanely phenomenal in-ring work. Uh, A lot of character development needs a shit ton of work, but it's the minor leagues. We expect that. Yeah. I mean, for God's sakes, they've got a fucking women's wrestler named Blue Pants. Uh, yeah, blue pants. Yeah, I mean, literally, that's the best you can come up with. Uh, hold on, pass me the joint. What what color were her tights? Blue, <laughs> blue. She was wearing blue pants. Blue pants. We'll call her blue pants. That was literally the conversation that took place there. Oh Jesus Christ! And the rest of us are going. Okay, well, she's a she's a fine. Fine wrestler, I guess. The crowd seems to get really, really, really into her. Oh yeah. I don't know I, why. I mean, she's just to me, she's just okay. But I, I, I was really surprised that the crowd got into it. Then again, you know, she, she did pretty good, I think, when she was there. So. Well, I, mean, I don't have an issue with her. I'm just saying, when was the last time you? saw somebody the last time I saw a wrestler named after a color we got any kind of decent crowd reaction there was two there was in TNA you had the amazing red yep and then in ECW you had the blue meanie oh yeah blue meanie yeah and that wasn't even original name because anybody that's a Beatles fan We'll know where that came from. It was from the Yellow Submarine cartoon. So, just saying that they're they're not putting a whole lot. They're putting what they can into the creative down in, in NXT. Yeah, but that's not where they're focused on. They're not focused on developing, you know, characters. They're focused on. You know, can I get this motherfucker to do some really cool shit in the ring? My favorite NXT match of all time was, or matches, and I said this last time, was the three-series match between Cesaro and Sami Zayn. Oh, yeah. Had nothing to do with character development. They spent a little bit of time on that, sure. But the main thing was just the matches. They had some unbelievable matches. They did, man. I mean, that was the first time, and I, I, particularly at that time, I followed NXT pretty closely. And for some reason or or other, I had never seen the Red Arrow. I'd never saw that through the fucking uh, turnbuckle dive that Sami Zayn had done. It was like, 
oh my god, that's fucking awesome. I've never seen anybody do that. Yep. And that's the difference between minor league and major leagues. You know. I mean, hell, I... I'm a big minor league proponent. Uh, matter of fact, this uh, this Thursday, so tomorrow night, I am actually going to be heading out here in uh, the great city of Memphis to check out the AAA baseball team, the Memphis Redbirds, the AAA equivalent of the St. Louis Cardinals. Not bad. Now I'm taking the kids out to uh, check out their very, very first uh Professional baseball game? Not bad and at all. Didn't no, I especially, I especially love the fact that, uh, you know, minor league baseball, they will do anything they can to put asses in the seats. Not hard to do in Memphis, by the way. Uh, you know, people love baseball out here. But uh, in addition to spending a whopping $12 a ticket, I also get all-you-can-eat chicken wings which is really going to fuck up with my DDP yoga. <laughs> By the way, because, how is that anyways? Uh, I'm slipping a little more than I'd like to admit. Um, I, I really am. But uh, it's not going bad. Um, have, you, uh, have you personally, have you actually, have, have you tried uh, any of the DDP yoga? I have not, and to be honest, I don't think I'm flexible enough to actually try. Um, I don't know what's your uh, what's your height and body weight. Uh, my height is uh, five foot seven and a half. My body weight is about around 160 to 163 pounds. Okay, well, you're a little bit shorter, but also a lot lighter than me. Uh. uh and- and I'll and I'll tell you what uh, I don't know if you've seen it or not. There's a there's a video out there that's a huge YouTube hit called uh, Arthur's Story. Have you seen that? I don't think I have. Uh, I I will personally send you you a link, and uh, I think anybody out there listening, if you're questioning whether or not uh, DDP yoga is right for you or anything like that. Um, you know, you're right to question because everybody should question. But uh, Arthur's story is essentially this. There's a uh, a gentleman named Arthur, obviously, and he sustained a vast number of injuries as a paratrooper in the U.S. Army. He sustained these injuries from repeated jumps and hard landings that, uh, well, these guys do. And he ended up literally disabled, spent time in a wheelchair, not totally paralyzed, but if he did get up and walk, it was with the aid of uh, um, the, um, not crutches, but the, the hand brace things. Oh, Okay. And then he got depressed and started, uh, you know, doing a lot of overeating. And, I mean, he was just a big fat pig. There's no mild way to put that. Arthur was a mess. He was horrible. And I forget exactly the circumstances that he was referred to DDP yoga. 
but he decided uh, because he knew who uh, Dallas was, you know, from wrestling. He was a wrestling fan that he'd start to give it a shot, and he and I, I will give him more credit than I give most people, myself included. He had the tenacity and mental uh, badassness to become a United States Army paratrooper. So that's saying a lot for who he is and uh, what Mick Foley used to refer to as the intertesticular fortitude. Yep. Mainly the guy had the guts to try and try and try again. But this video, the videos uh, that are edited into one video for Arthur start from day one to the end. And in the end of this video, he goes from a guy that can't walk to this little pinpoint at the end of a horizon to a guy running down a hill onto the video. It really, truly is an inspirational story. That being said enough, for those of you that purchased the DDP Yoga program, not the very first video that you're that you're going to watch. The very first video that you're going to watch is the Diamond Dozen. It's the basic introduction, the basic forms. The second video is the Energy Program. He's got two other people in that Energy Program with him. One is some woman that I couldn't name to save my life. The other person you would not even recognize from the first video is Arthur, and he even says. And, you know, this is so-and-so, and this is Arthur. You guys remember Arthur, right? And you're like, that's Arthur? Oh, fuck me. <laughs> but it's one of the first things that DDP says in the introduction is everybody's heard the phrase, no pain, no gain, right? Yep. Wrong. Pain is pain. Pain sucks. Nobody wants pain. The cool thing about DDP yoga is you can modify it to where it causes you zero pain. Getting in shape, getting your body where you want it to be should never cause you pain. Oh, yeah. The biggest, the biggest thing is, number one, people need to separate pain from soreness especially after the first few workouts, as you progress, you will be sore. I get that. I am sore after my workouts. I get sore, but I'm not in pain. Big, big, big difference. Yeah. It's kind of like... You ever pick up uh, one of those five-gallon bottles of water to put it in the old uh, sparklets container? Oh, yeah. Okay. You, you, now, when you pick the bottle up right and you you know bend with the knees and all that stuff and you put it up there right, you're like, oh, man, I'm a little bit stiff and sore after that, right? Yep. You ever just grab that motherfucker and be like, I'm a real man, and just you peel the top off and you just, Clinging jerky, throw that motherfucker up there. Ah, uh, there, there been a few times. Right, and you're and you, you're grabbing that lower back or wherever, and you go, "Why the fuck did I do that?" 
you're not showing anybody else around you in the office because, you know, you're a tough guy and all, but yep. you're in, your, in the back of your head, you're going, ow. Why the fuck did I just do that? Ow. Right. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, in the first example, I, get, I gave you, you're a little sore afterwards because you strained some muscles. You're like, hmm, I kind of feel that. The second one, you're going, ow, motherfucker, that hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's the difference that I'm trying to show you between, you know, pain is pain and, you know, stiff and soreness. But, uh, no, the DDP yoga program is it's a fantastic thing. And when, when you purchase the program, not only does do you get, you know, the workouts and the workout schedule, which is a big thing. Anybody, you know, can probably learn the workouts and all that. But sticking yep. to the schedule and and also making it your own, even at the highest end workout, the advanced workout, he's like, if you can't do this, don't stop, don't push yeah. yourself, and, and that's you know what's so different than so many other programs out there. It, it literally made the number one. Uh, consumer reports list uh, of best home workouts. It's that good. But when you purchase the program, you also get uh, you get an audio book that, that explains the principles behind it and how, uh, how DDP got into it. Uh, yep. It provides a recipe book uh, for changing your eating habits, which... Personally, for me, for two reasons I can't follow. Um, number one, I'm poor. That's the biggest, biggest one. Uh, a lot of what uh, he's wanting people to buy in these recipes come from places like Whole Foods. And I have nothing against places like that. I just, I'm poor. I can't afford a shop there. Um, and the second is he wants me to use ingredients that I'm just not comfortable with. Uh, things like uh, olive oil. I'm perfectly fine with using olive oil. I love olive oil. I have, uh, I've got about six bottles in my house now. Great stuff. Uh, but instead of using mayonnaise, he wants you to use things like veganaise. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm sorry. I still have testicles. <laughs> well, I mean, so, when you're when you're going to a gym, you know, and you want to bulk up, you got to change your eating at least around a little bit, you know. So I have no problem changing my eating, and I've been trying to get better at that. Yeah. And, not, but, that I'm still, not that I'm still good at it. Uh, dinner tonight consisted of uh, a Big Mac and a quarter pounder. And not going to say I'm perfect, for God's sakes. Yeah, but. I mean, uh, a cheat day every now and then is, you know, fine. Yeah, my biggest problem is, and even now says cheating on it every now and then is fine. My biggest problem is I keep, you know, I, I, I've been pretty good and pretty religious as best as I can about the workouts. I skip a day here and there uh, just due to life. Yep. My, my biggest problem is really changing my eating habits, and most of that has to do with finances because quite frankly it is cheaper to buy a Big Mac than it is to buy a salad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is 
And Welcome to the U.S. economy. But the 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 program is great. Uh, I, I really I enjoy it. Even if I I'm not getting a ton of results uh, weight wise, I, I I'm getting them uh, as far as flexibility. And uh, ha- having been in two serious accidents, which caused me severe, severe back pain, the uh, DDP yoga program helps with that. And that is the biggest thing for me is, okay, yeah, I'm not dropping weight. I'm not going to wind up with a six-pack here. Or maybe I will, maybe I won't. But my back pain it has significantly changed. It it's gotten to the point uh, where two months ago I was getting out of bed bed every morning with the aid of a cane. I didn't need it all day, but to get out of bed and for maybe the first half hour that I was up, I needed a cane. Oh, wow. I own I own three canes, not because I think I'm uh, you know cool or big pimp and walking around with my cane. As a matter of fact. I'm damn ashamed of them. They are they are kept in my bedroom hidden, like uh, a woman hold, hides a fucking dildo. I don't want people knowing, for the most part, that I need to use a damn cane. But <laughs> from time to time, I do. Now, for the fact I said from time to time, I do. Maybe maybe once a week, maybe once every two weeks, if I worked a little too hard, or I didn't do my workout or uh, living in the South, uh, a lot of humidity out here, rain, stuff like that. I wake up in a certain amount of pain. I need that cane to get out of bed. It's always next. One of my canes is always next to my bed. Oh, yeah. But but two months ago, it was needed every single day, every damn day, every time I got out of that bed whether it was I just slept for eight hours or whether I lay down and took a 30-minute nap, whether I was laying there watching a 45-minute TV show, that cane was needed to get out of bed. So there's progression with the DDP yoga. Uh, Not as much as I'd like, uh, but that's more my fault. and, I, and I'm sure uh, Dallas would sit there and tell me that I'm full of shit when I tell when I say that. Uh, <clears throat> well, life gets in the way. Uh, sometimes you just don't have time. Yep. That's my biggest excuse. Uh, I I am doing my best and I am progressing. I would recommend it to absolutely anybody. Um, and I hate to say this because uh, I respect the program so much, but I didn't buy it. I well. I didn't buy it. Let's leave it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's just hope that uh, DDP does not uh, listen to this uh, episode, especially this part. Uh, you know, if DDP, um, tell you what, if Dallas, um, I'm going to go and throw this out there. Dallas, I illegally downloaded uh, your entire program. Um, I'm sorry I'm poor, but uh, it does happen. However, <clears throat> If you are listening to this program, send me an email. Uh, you can do it at sunwrestlinginc at gmail.com. And as soon as I can verify that you are who you say you are, I will personally write you a check. Uh, I may be a month 
behind. I'm going to let you go if I do that. But uh, what the hell, it's worth it to know you listen to the show. So that being said. Uh, yeah. And, well, I mean, I saw the uh, story that, that DDP posted on the YouTube page, his personal YouTube page, where, you know, I mean, Jake Roberts was overweight, and he actually helped Jake Roberts lose weight and become more flexible. Uh, the same thing with Scott Hall, you know. I mean, it it does work. I mean, Chris Jericho does <laughs> that too, so. Right, I mean, you can't, uh, if you're a wrestling fan, you can't scroll through your Facebook page, especially if you've already liked the DDP yoga page. Yeah. I, at least once a day I see the Chris uh, Chris Jericho video about back pain. Yep. Unfortunately, Chris's back pain is a little bit different than mine, and he was able to get through a little bit quicker, but uh, similar in a lot of aspects. The re- yeah. One of the reasons Chris basically left wrestling when he did was crippling back pain. Yeah, he made his reappearances here and there, but very short periods of time. Now he's coming back for, you know, one or two years, and then he wants to go do other stuff. But it's not the physicality that's the problem with him. It's not that he's, you know, needing 20 biking in to get out of bed in the morning. Yep. All right, well, I don't want this shit to turn into a fucking DDP yoga commercial. I, I'm a huge proponent of it. Don't get me wrong, but Dallas ain't paying my bills either. So, <laughs> well, and, and and to be fair, I didn't pay for his program, so I'm not paying his. I guess we could call this what a quid pro quo. Ah, uh, yeah, pretty much. All right. All right. Uh, well, I think it's a good time to go ahead and take our final break and then uh, we'll see if well, honestly I've not had a chance to go through the news but I suppose uh, we should probably do that and uh, see what the hell's going on in the wider world of wrestling what do you think Derek? I think it sounds pretty good everybody we will be right back right after this after these messages we'll be right Master Derek Stark and Bad Billy. on sky106.net Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com Outlaw Radio Some material may not be suitable for children under 18 How would you like to be on the air? Right now, a prestigious position in radio broadcasting can be yours 
with help from American Broadcasting School. There are a lot of career possibilities out there. Why just dream it? And you can become a radio disc jockey, sportscaster, newscaster, or production director. American Broadcasting School, one of the best-known, nationally accredited broadcasting institutions of its kind, can teach you the skills to succeed. Best of all, you'll train from your home computer. Go live on your own internet radio station as instructors evaluate your on-air assignments. You'll receive all the instructional materials and software to get you started. Train from home, learn from home. It's that convenient. Plus, American Broadcasting School offers job placement assistance so you can land the broadcasting career you deserve. ABS has helped thousands of graduates break into the field, and you're next. American Broadcasting School is the nation's number one way of entering broadcasting. Call 888-677-5227 or visit online at radioschoolonline.com. Words of power. They have meaning. A people which is able to say everything becomes able to do everything. Freedom of speech. Freedom of expression. Right to free speech. It guarantees everyone a voice. In 1852, Frederick Douglass spoke out against the injustices of slavery. In 1873, Susan B. Anthony argued the prejudice of voting laws. In 1963, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. helped to end segregation laws. These voices change history. Make your voice heard. For more information, visit www.freedomofspeechpsa.org. Hi, this is Jack, founder of Jack in the Box. Let's talk to Lowell on line eight. Jack, I'm calling to thank you for your new Smokehouse Bacon Cheddar Burger. Oh, well, you're welcome. No, I mean really thank you. Taking a big juicy patty and loading it up with bacon, American cheese, smoky cheddar, grilled onions, and barbecue sauce. You've really done something. Well, I'm glad you like it. I'm going to fly out to your office and shake your hand. Mmm, that's okay. Knowing you like my new big gourmet burger is thanks enough. Let me write you a poem. Nah. Do you like massages? Not really. Sponge baths? I'll pass, thanks. Okay. I'll just search the web for your address and we'll rent some movies. Stay away from my house, Lowell. I have a big dog. I'll bring him a biscuit. He only eats people. Named Lowell. And while I search the yellow pages for moat builders, here's Aaron O'Brien, a real-life crew member from Waco, Texas. For a limited time, stop by Jack in the Box for Jack's new Smokehouse Bacon Cheddar Burger. It's really good. Thanks, Jack. Thanks a lot. Early to bed, early to rise, makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. And all was Benjamin Franklin wise. So you actually think electricity can pass through metal? Ha! Ben Franklin, go fly a kite. Excellent idea. Where, where are my keys? Besides the bifocals, Ben invented the Franklin Up stone. You go! So, Lisa, can I get you something to drink? A cold beer would be nice. Oh, that's a tough one, darling. I she left him wide open and he's in a rough spot. He'll not be happy with that. Well, how does he now get himself out of danger and back in serious contention? As you can see on his face, he's desperately trying to decide on the best approach. He's consulting with his partner, Furry Johnson, on this one. Well, Furry has certainly seen it all before, so oh, here we go. Let's see how he plays it. Excuse me. Could we have two Michelob lights over here, please? Oh, that's a great call. Very well played. He went through all the options, cool as a halibut, if you like, and chose the Michelob light. You have to admire that kind of high-pressure decision-making in such a young man, Mike. Yes, and just look at the smile on his face as he acknowledges the crowd, Duncan. Michelob light. Official beer of the PGA Tour. 
And now, back to Stunner Wrestling Inc. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And after what seems uh, like about a 20-minute DDP yoga uh, paid advertisement, unfortunately, they haven't given us a cent. uh, Honestly, of DDP, um, you want to send a check my way? You know, that's cool. (laughs) I I, I will gladly cash it. Uh, I will definitely never stop you from giving me money, just throwing that out there. Anyway, I uh, did not have a great deal of time this week to uh, cycle through all of the news, so we're going to be doing this a bit on the fly. Uh, so bear with, uh, bear with me here. The Marine 5, uh, which we talked a little bit earlier as far as who was going to be in it. Uh, I was wrong. Bray Wyatt's not going to be in it. I got that mistaken with his brother. Bo Dallas will be in it. The Long Force with the Star of the Movie, The Miz, his wife, Maurice, Heath Slater, Curtis Axel, and Naomi, in addition to Bo Dallas. Um, wow. I'm pretty sure this movie's going to suck. Yeah. I mean, I literally, uh, the, the, uh, I, I'm still not clear on the storyline other than the fact that, uh, the Mrs. character um, is now supposed to be the uh, same guy he's been playing, of course, but he's now going to be an EMT rather than like a former Marine slash uh, security consultant. He's given all that up to, from taking lives to I want to save lives, and I'm sure that's going to be about the first 10 minutes of the movie right there, so I'm sorry I gave that away. But uh, he and uh, now he's going up against a group of bikers. Oh boy! Right. So it's a biker group wants to kill somebody, and uh, EMT who happens to be, you know, one of the most badass Marines ever, and not taking anything away from the actual Marines because pretty sure you guys are pretty badass too, but. Uh, I think they embellish it a little bit here. Just throwing that one out there. So, yeah, the cast will feature, again, The Miz, Maurice, Heath Slater, Curtis Axel, Bo Dallas, and Naomi. Wasn't I praising the Marine movies before? Uh, I think that was Summer Ray. Well, at least they didn't put Summer Ray back in this one. Uh, uh, I, think, I think Summer Ray at, was at, was uh, killed off in the last Marine movie, if I remember right. Thank God, because, well, she's as good an actress as the color purple is funny. Well, at least she looks good. So a lot of porn stars, but I don't want to see them in things I actually pay for. <laughs> but maybe that's just me. I don't know. Uh, let's see what else do we have here. Uh, do we want to see uh, anything about Jim Neidhart news for Total Divas? Uh, you know, I'm kind of curious. I like Jim Neidhart. Um 
So therefore, I'm going to click on. Normally, I have all these stories pre-planned out and pre-written and everything else. This week, I literally got home from work 20 minutes before we had to go on the air. So sorry, guys. Uh, let's see. Um, wow, that's why I do this ahead of time because there's some dumb sketches by the Bella Twins. Um, And literally, wow, that's not total divas news. That's there was one tweet that said, "Meet my one sh- shot put coach, the Anvil." I apologize for wasting anybody's time on that. I don't know what that has to do with anything other than Talia tweeted about her dad. Well, uh, I well, uh, Stephen, if you. If you'll let me, I actually got some news. Oh, please, because what I've got so far is killing me. Well, uh, 2K, you know, 2K Sports, you know, they do the NBA 2K16. Well, now they came out with a trailer for the WWE 2K17 video game, and this one they actually have none other than Goldberg in the trailer so now you can actually play as two versions of Goldberg. But, oh, but it, well, that see right, that right there tells me uh, we are gonna. And this tells me Goldberg goes into the Hall of Fame next year. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, because the same thing happened to the Ultimate Warrior. Exactly. And uh, you get to play two versions of Goldberg. Uh, the black tights that he had in WCW and the black and white tights he had in WWE. Plus, you get uh, WCW Monday Nitro Arena and uh, Halloween Havoc as well. So, I think it'll be very interesting to see what they do with this game and if, how many more legends they're going to put in. Well, shut my mouth. I. Uh... I, I, maybe it's just me. Um, if there's a superstar in wrestling history that is more overrated than John Cena, it's Goldberg. Well, I actually, well, I mean, some people may say that he's overrated, but you know, I and mean, I and I do, and I mean, obviously, you're entitled to your opinion, and by all means, you know, speak up, defend it. Uh, you know, I, I will never question a man for standing by his convictions. Uh, I will question the convictions, but I will never question the man. Yeah, That's I mean, it's just that, you know, uh, WCW pushed him as an unbeatable guy and and wrapped up like 173 quote-unquote victories. Which, and, they, uh, which by television math wasn't even half of that. But they yeah. claim it was actually closer to a third. They claim, and by their mouth, he would have to be doing about ten house shows a week. Um, and yet, once he got on TV, it was more like uh, he couldn't be bothered to, well, wipe his own ass in the dressing room. So I don't see how he's doing ten house shows a week. Yeah, it just, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, I mean, they... They claimed him as like 173 and 0 before he lost uh, Kevin Nash, 
thanks to the interference of Scott Hall, I do remember right, if I do remember right. And yeah, you see what I what I loved about it though wasn't so much that you know he had this undefeated record. Yep. And it wasn't even so much that they embellished said record, and they very, 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 very obviously did. Oh, yeah. It was that they insulted the fans so much by doing that, because if you would have looked at, you know, the record from Nitro to Nitro, and just did a little basic math, you'd be like, so he wrestled 17 matches from last Monday to this Monday. That that was my probably biggest problem with WCW is they had the talent. Yep. And for a while they even had the writers. They, uh, they, they had a great announce team to an extent. Uh, they changed it up too much, but, uh, you know, they, they definitely had, uh, you know, I always loved Tony Schiavone. I think Tony Schiavone was fantastic play-by-play oh, yeah. guy. Um, definitely. Bischoff, Bischoff was actually a hell of a color commentary guy for a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, but one commentator I hated was Mark Madden. That fat piece of shit. I didn't care for Mark Madden, and I sure as hell did not care for uh, Mongo McMichaels. I actually thought Mongo was actually decent, but he was a better wrestler. I don't think he was either. He was just a big guy that had a halfway bullshit NFL career and looked like a pro wrestler, but that's just my opinion. But they also got the latter and last decent part uh, of Bobby Heenan's uh, commentating career. Nitro, honestly, for a minute, Nitro had it all. It had, they had the writers, they had the talent, they had the announcers, they had the money behind it, they had the TV slot. Yep. There was nothing that could stand in their way of just demolishing Vince McMahon. Yep. They made one small mistake. Letting the wrestlers take creative control over their characters. No, that was a huge, huge, huge mistake. Their one small mistake, though, um, even that, you know, the huge mistake of letting the wrestlers, uh, guys like Hogan and Hall and Nash and countless other guys are having total creative control. Mm -hmm. Their biggest mistake, they underestimated Vince McMahon. (laughs) Yes, and that's one thing you can't do is underestimate Vince. No, because Vince literally said, wow, you took all of our top-tier guys. Whatever shall we do? Oh, we'll just take all these other guys and make them the biggest stars ever. Yep, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Steve Austin... Triple H. Triple H, countless others. The, yep. uh, quite frankly, The Undertaker, who was edging on the verge of being a nobody 
until everybody abandoned the company and he just stepped up and fucking turned everything around. Yep. There's so many things. You you cannot fuck with Vince McMahon. Vince won't let it happen. Billionaire versus billionaire. I mean, the... uh, Quite frankly, most likely the next president of the United States, Donald Trump. Yep. Well, who did he bow down to when it came to WWE? Vince. Yep. Yeah, Vince lost that uh, so-called match with Bobby Lashley and Umaga. Yep. But do you really think Vince lost that match and had his head shaved because... Well, because that was a legitimate fight between two guys with two financial people backing it. No. Vince went, well, we know Donald's not going to shave his head. But yeah, I went, oh, what the hell? I, I was actually kind of surprised Vince actually go through with it, shaving his head. And then he grew, grew his hair back, but it's never been the same. It really hasn't. It's. I'm wondering if this one, if Vince is wearing a toupee, I really am. Yeah, you never know. He might. <laughs> I bet that fucking toupee's got humongous grapefruits. <laughs> Inappropriate. <laughs> Inappropriate? Have you fucking listened to the language on this goddamn motherfucking show? Oh, uh, well, yeah, that that is true. That is true. Yeah, we, we, we uh, by the way, in case you haven't noticed, if you've gotten this far in the broadcast, we are not a PG, <clears throat> or I don't think we are a PG-13 show. We're going to keep identifying, our, identifying ourselves as that as far as uh, the ratings here on TalkShoe. Um, well, mostly because because we need the listeners and we're not going to limit our listening audience that much. That would be wrong and stupid. Um, so we're not going to do that. Yep. All right. Let's, uh, let's see if there's any other news fit to print. Cause it does not look like it's a busy news week. I mean, we've got weird ass shit like Seth Rowan hyper SmackDown. Nobody cares. Till SmackDown goes live weekly. Nobody cares about SmackDown. Uh, oh, well, this one might be interesting. Sasha Banks reportedly cleared to wrestle. Wait. Concussion, I think. Ah, uh, yeah. That's what, that's what I was reading, too. Uh, well, let's see. <laughs> oh, wait. I'm sorry. I said Mark Madden. This is Mark Middleton. My bad. Uh, see, uh, Sasha Banks has been cleared to return to the ring, according to F4WOnline.com. Yes, that is a mouthful to say, by the way. It was reported earlier in the week that she was scheduled for his next evaluation on Saturday, but apparently he has already had it and is scheduled to work the WWE lot events in Winnipeg and Lacrosse this weekend. It is still believed she did, in fact, suffer a concussion. 
Well, it was a minor one, so that was definitely a good thing. Oh, and uh, I actually uh, found something uh, pretty cool, actually. Thanks to uh, PWmania.com, apparently Kurt Angle will be going up against Cody Rhodes for Northeast Wrestling, Wrestling Under the Stars event on August 27th in Wappingers Falls, New York. So. Could be an interesting uh, interesting match. The downside yeah. I see to Kurt Angle is he wants so bad to end his career with the, with the WWE, but they just can't get over all the fucking bullshit. And I don't blame them on it. Every single time something stupid or bad happens in his life, he bitches and complains and blames it on the WWE. Yep. And, yeah, now for the past two, three years, and eight and a half rehab stints later, he's like... Well, the WWE was my first big break, and they really are family, and I think I'd like to end my career there, and I'm sure you did, and so did China too, but she did porn, and you keep getting metal bracelets. So stop assuming that you have a right to be there. And don't get me wrong, Kurt Angle is a phenomenal performer. Oh, yeah. Do I think he is necessarily worthy of the WWE Hall of Fame? Absolutely. In 10 years, when he can no longer wrestle for anybody else, and the best he can do is bring his crippled old ass out and sit and sign autographs at the table, yes, then Kurt is due for his WWE Hall of Fame position. Just my opinion, I could be wrong. Well, I mean, I'd actually like to see Kurt Angle do at least one last run in WWE, like world champion, intercontinental champion, United States champion, just a couple-year run and to end it with a couple WrestleManias. Because, I mean, I've always liked Kurt Angle. I really have. I mean, he's he was popular even when he, when he came out, you know, insulting the crowd, and they booed him. And then, I mean, it was thanks to Edge that they finally started chanting, you suck whenever his son would come on. Well, I mean, I don't disagree. Kurt Angle number one is one of, if not the greatest professional wrestlers that has ever lived, based solely on the fact that he is the only Olympic gold middle player. However, it didn't work so well when he wanted to go back and try for that gold medal again because they were like, that picture too old and you're too set in your ways. I mean, they basically tried to make it an age thing. But yeah. I'm, I'm willing to bet that Angle was just like, I want a dressing room and I want a hot towels and I want my meals. And they went, you'll sleep in the dorm room and you'll be up at five to do four-day workouts if you want to be on the Olympic team. And he went, but I'm short angle. And they went, good for you. So you're seventh in line. Get in there. Go. 
And I'm going to do the war on So therefore, he didn't make the Olympic team. <laughs> oh, because, man. because he was a whiny little bitch. And quite frankly, I don't get me wrong. I, when I say whiny little bitch, I mean that in the most sincere form ever. Not the exact phrasing, but my meaning behind it, because I understand what Olympians go through. And I totally respect Kurt Angle for his time as an Olympian. However, 90% of the time since then has been completely wasted. Most of his time in the WWE, completely wasted. Most of his time in TNA, the first time around, completely wasted. Fucking Jeff Jarrett's ex-wife. Not completely wasted. Uh, I would have, but uh, not, not a complete... And But I guess they're very... You shouldn't, but, um, but see, she was, and she was hot, and um, he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're... fuck the bosses, or one of the bosses, wife, and then expect to be the top of the company, and yet... Kurt Angle, the dumbass, managed to do it. He's like, oh, well, look, Jeffsian's kind of phased out of the company. I will fuck his wife. And then he went from fucking Jeff's wife to (laughs) being the TNA World Heavyweight Champion to being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Actually, buddy, I think uh, Jeff Jarrett was the one fucking Kurt Angle's wife. Because I think uh, Karen Jarrett now she was. Well, you know, no, I'm sorry, you were exactly right. I I had the names in that totally, completely switched. Wow, yes, you were exactly right. Wow, that just made that made my entire argument totally invalid, except for the fact that it's completely valid in the fact that it should. I'm going to shut the hell up now. <laughs> Thank God for Wikipedia. Well, I don't know about thank God for Wikipedia because Wikipedia just made me look like a total asshole. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I don't get me wrong. The fact that I was completely wrong and stupid uh, should have nothing. Uh, but, uh, but, uh, you know, yeah. Um, so, and then what had happened was this one time at band camp and tu nombre es hasta cuanto más trabajo por poquito dinero pinche pendejas. Obe Spanish lingo on stunner wrestling. Ole! Ole! Hey, you know the best part about that is I have not seen Primo and Epico uh, of course the last couple of weeks I've been watching Raw on Hulu so I can't say whether or not they've been on the show at all but uh, uh, I have enjoyed not I've enjoyed not seeing them they've actually been uh, repackaged from 
Well, I know the new, we we talked about this last time. Uh, they they're no longer uh, the uh, El Metadores or whatever. They're back yeah. to being Primo and Epico, and they've got a cute little name, and they're like the Puerto Rican ambassadors or whatever. But the shiny stars. Yeah, those guys. Yeah. So. Hey, the coolest thing about that is El Torito is not with them. Well, when El Torito was with them, it wasn't that bad, but I don't know. I thought it was kind of different. No, I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm just saying, quite frankly, the fucking midget in the bull costume Yeah, honestly got way, way, way more attention and way more credit than the two, quite frankly, two of the hardest working young men in the wrestling industry today, period. And the only two members of the WWE roster that actually have active and live permission to appear on television outside of WWE. Yep. They are allowed to appear on pay-per-view in Puerto Rico. That's the deal that, uh, you know, uh, they made with uh, their father and uncle, Carlos Colon, WWE Hall of Famer, by the way. Mm -hmm. But that's the deal that was made is, you know, sure, they'll work for WWE and do whatever the hell they want, including the stupid fucking Matador gimmick. But when I want their asses down in Puerto Rico to work for me, you have to say yes, and Vince went, <laughs> Puerto Rico? Okay, good. Well, yes, but it's also a pay-per-view event, and Vince went, did I already sign that contract? And Carlos went, yeah, and Vince went, well, fuck. <laughs> so, you know, um, the... Uh, <clears throat> What the hell is their new name again? Uh, the primetime players? Uh, for uh, Primo and Epico? Yeah. The Shining Stars. Right, the Shooting Stars. Yeah. Yeah, they, they've, uh, they're, they're the only people that actually, in the WWE, they get to perform on pay-per-view for other companies. Well, one oh. other company. Well, I'm starting to wonder when they when the hell they're going to bring Carlito back. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, technically they have. I mean, when uh, when Carlos Colon was inducted into the Hall of Fame, Carlito was on stage uh, during the introduction, and he was there. Well, yeah, but I mean, like a uh, full time wrestling capacity. Um, I don't know, but uh, I do know it's his fault. I mean, they fired him because he failed too many wellness tests. Yep. And I I understand that a little bit more about when he was fired. The wellness test was kind of a new thing. And that's why a lot of those guys have been hired back since then, too. 
don't I, I don't get the people terminated these days for the wellness test. You want to be a professional wrestler? I think that's fantastic. But if you can't do 10 seconds worth of internet research to know that whatever crap you've been putting in your body is going to come up the next time they ask you to be in a cup, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, that's just me. All right, so back to the news. So, um... Uh, Primo and Epico. I'm still not impressed. I mean, they're fine wrestlers. Yeah. I just... I'm not seeing the draw, I guess. Yeah. I think think the most actual... um, following they've had was as Los Matadores and that's just sad. That's just like a tag team version of Tito Santana's uh, El Matador. Yeah. You know, to me anyway. I I could definitely see where you're uh, coming from. Mm -hmm. Is what it is, and God, I feel bad about not being prepared about the news the way I should have been this time around. Uh, I had to work late. Normally, I would have prepared this before I went to work, so bear with me here, guys. Um, let's see, we talked about Bill Colbert, so can't really do that. Nobody cares about Ric Flair. He's old, and we all know he's going to be kept off TV for a little while because his daughter broke his poor little heart. Mm-hmm. Ah, WWE NXT TakeOver Brooklyn no longer being listed by Ticketmaster. There's a reason for that. It's sold out. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, does anybody care about Velvet Sky and how she would do in WWE, NXT, and her relationship with Bubba Ray Dudley? I'm kind of curious, uh, but not in anything that's being printed. But let's see what the article says anyway. All right. Uh, leaving TNA, that was the most emotional night of my life. As soon as I lost the match, there was so much support from the crowd that it was over. Okay, I'm already done. I can't take this crap. Well, uh, I think Velvet Sky would be good in uh, NXT. I think she could really help out. Maybe possibly be a women's champion. Her and uh, Angelina Love, I love both of them. They did great things as tag teaming together as a beautiful people, I think. 
Oh, no, I'm not dissing this woman's skills at all, but if she's got any real desire to be an actress, these articles aren't helping. As far as her thoughts on uh, well, BRD, Bubba Ray Dudley, quote, I'm so grateful to have Mark in my life. We talk about wrestling a lot together. He has an amazing mind for the business, but he is also an incredible person. And he's very supportive of me. He's so inspiring. And he's so motivating. And he helps me to believe in myself. I don't know if I should throw over yawn. <laughs> oh, so I said that out loud. My bad. Um, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, just having read that, um, A, and this is probably the most likely set of events out there, but not necessarily true. Um, they fucking. Oh, yeah. Down. Hugely. Literally, his penis, her asshole. All that. Yeah. Uh, secondly, um, I don't care. Um, well, that's pretty much it. <clears throat> They're fucking. I don't care. Yay! Good for people. I guess that take this shit way, 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 way too seriously. Why are you even listening to this? Quite frankly. You are stupid. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to get sued for that, aren't I? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, worth it. <laughs> there, really, I'm looking through all the news stories. There's just not a lot out here. I was, like, hoping for, you know, Ghost of Roddy Piper fucking just starts offing people with a shotgun, but <laughs> I, I've got literally nothing here. It's all a bunch of fucking bullshit TNA people trying to stay relevant uh, either by reinventing themselves in the WWE or reinventing themselves in the hope that WWE will sign them. That's the biggest one. And then there's the other one, uh, the WWE going, yeah, we're not stupid. We know who the fuck you are, and there's a reason you're not on the payroll. Goodbye. So in six months from now, we see our next uh, suicide note. It's so sad that Angelina chose this path to leave her life because she had so much to live for. I imagine it's going to sound something like that, right? Uh... Possibly. I had a nerve on a hero of yours, didn't I? Uh, no. When it comes crossing down and it hurts inside. I am <laughs> no. No, you got your opinions. You I got gotta my... take a stand. It don't hurt to hide. <laughs> oh shit. 
I'm sorry, what? It has been three well, hours and my friends and you heard my Okay. I'll, seriously I will stop. Not because we don't have the copyrights to that, which we don't, but mostly because I have the world's most god awful singing voice. I yeah, and you probably would break a thousand windows. No, my voice doesn't nearly go that high. Uh, I would uh, lowly reverberate to the point that they committed suicide. Nice. Well, with that said, we've been live for three hours and almost 30 minutes. So, not too bad. And it is definitely time to get the hell out of here. We've... uh, We've covered the lack there of the news. We've covered the pay-per-view. And, um, yeah, definitely. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, um, hopefully you've enjoyed Cinderella's wrestling this week. Uh, I'd like to say there should have been more structure to it, but um, that's totally my fault. Uh I should have never, ever, 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 ever tried to put together a show in about uh, 20 minutes, which I did. However, I think we've uh, we've been foolish enough and stupid enough and um, just fumbling enough, fun-loving enough to pull it off. But uh, we will definitely try to pull it together a little bit better next week, or, well, two weeks from tonight. And if we don't, um, please feel free to um, send send Red Dog some hate mail somewhere. (laughs) Hey, last week I offered up my shit. Uh, I figured it's only fair to throw yours out there. Yeah, Yeah, that is true. That is true. But for lack of personal emails, if you have a problem with tonight's show, you have questions, you have comments, you want to be on the show, there's a lot of ways to do that. But the easiest way, first off and foremost, to talk about a specific subject is to give us a call, except we don't have a phone number. So therefore, just send us an email, particularly detailed, at Stunner Wrestling Inc. at gmail.com. The more detailed you are, the more likely you are to get a response, but we do read every single email. Derek, you got anything else? Um, well, stay tuned this Saturday night for the return of Outlaw Radio after our uh, one week uh, off. And uh, I don't know who we're going to be interviewing, but uh, stay tuned. Saturday night, Sky 106, 11 p.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific, I believe it is. So. All right. Well, beyond that, uh, here at Sunday Wrestling Week, we will see you guys exactly two weeks from tonight. Uh, well, hopefully a little bit better prepared. Uh, again, that was totally my fault. Um, but a lot more to talk about because we will be heading into Money in the Bank and the return of John. Yeah, that guy. Um, 
Dad's uh, he just quit. Anyway, we'll be discussing that and the upcoming Money in the Bank pay-per-view card, so you guys do not want to miss that. And we definitely want to hear from you, so check out com, and more importantly, check out facebook.com slash stunner8112. You guys will see the phone number to call in to the show, either for, well, for rating me or just listening. And we look forward to seeing and hearing from all of you. So, for myself, Stephen James, for the Mad Dog, Derek King. Yeah, definitely keep you Mad Dog. I like that. I like that, too. Well, consider it Mad Dog. We will see you guys back two weeks from tonight with, um, well, better stuff and um, a better host on uh, on the icons part. I'm thoroughly just just exhausted, and it was everything I do to keep up with everything tonight, and that was my fault. So we will see you guys next week, and I promise I will be re-energized, or Derek gets to hook up a live car battery to me. So... Uh, I'm going to be drinking a Red Bull next week. Yeah, I don't know if I want to pull that on you because uh, remember what happened when Kane did that to Shane McMahon? Yeah, I don't know if I want to go through with that. There were pretty sparks. Yep, and then you can hear Shane screaming pretty bad. Well, it's been a while since I've been screaming. Anyway, folks, if I have to leave you with one thing this week, I will have to leave you with this. Um, I know it's technically not Memorial Day anymore, but if you look around your neighborhood, your apartment complex, your fucking trailer, you will see somebody that fought for this country. And... um, you need to show them extra, super special respect because if you don't, well, you're a cunt. So I was going to be eloquent, but fuck you. They deserve your respect. Show it to them because they've earned it. Good night, everybody. Peace out.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.